Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. We did it. We finally did the thing. We accomplished a really, this is a big deal because I I promised over and over again that if it ever happened this way, then we could retire the whole segment. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> we have no mail in the mailbag from anyone, from Ryan or me or anybody on the planet. And that That's means- right, the la- the last time we did this, we consolidated them, but now I think we can stop. Can I don't we think we stop? need it. Like, you know, if we get an important mail, we can read it if we feel yeah. like it. But mailbag, pff, not necessary. It's done. That's perfect. We can just do the last, like, 34 episodes in fucking peace. <laughs> I was like, at one point over the last couple of weeks, I think I was going to tweet something at Brother Date, <laughs> but then I checked to see if we'd had any tweets so far, and it was pristine, and I was like, I'm not ruining that. I'm not one tweeting thing to nothing. A, yeah, one thing to throw a classic tweet in on top of a mailbag that has legitimate items, but another thing to just be the entire mailbag. Mm-hmm. So yeah. forget that shit, man. Um, no more mailbag. It's gone. It's not coming back. Again, if we get important mail, we can read it, but we're done with that. So yeah, I'm just going to ride this thing out to 2025. We only have to get there just to 2025. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Almost done. Then we can. Um... Oh man! I, I mean, fucking no. Just play more, play more Sea of Thieves, probably. Play, See, play season fifteen still, or whatever. Still kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of uh, of Sea of Thieves. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would need a super, like a really, like a real podcast idea this time to jump back into it. Yeah, I need like a real podcast idea, like a real premise. <laughs> this show would get a zero on take for sure see when we started this we weren't playing sea of thieves and we no. needed a reason to talk to each other yeah we couldn't think of any good games to play together yeah it was tough we were playing call of duties that we hated yep and like trying to play that dynasty warriors that sucked a hundred asses and stuff oh yeah that was bad or you just walked around china forever i mean i i spent 45 minutes riding up trying to get to mongolia <laughs> uh so it is week 142 142 142 of the big dumb star trek project that never got a name and um look the order is the same as it's been the last couple of weeks voyager is terrible and it almost always goes first tng hasn't been good at all so it'll go second and then uh, ds9's been scraping up some wins though we'll see if they give all that back this week Uh, they're going last this week so (laughs) that's the order uh we watched Lifeline. <clears throat> we open on Jupiter Station. Reginald Barkley has come to visit Dr. Zimmerman. The yeah, fucking wish, man. <laughs> if they'd brought Reginald back, ten points. 
for I don't know which one continuity. That's world building usually. Sure, 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 sure. Yep. Anyway, he's come to visit Doctor Zimmerman, that fucking asshole who designed the EMH, made him in his own image and all that. That's so we can get some more Picardo. It's like how in TNG we always gotta have more Spiner. We always gotta got, always gotta have more Picardo in Voyager. Do you know? Do you know what really helps make that happen? Hmm. When Picardo gets the story by credit. <laughs> I don't know why they're allowed to do that. I mean, I guess they figured we've been letting everybody direct. So why not let someone write a story about their own character and fucking shoehorn yeah, 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 that yeah. in? Fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been letting uh, Tuvok got to direct and everybody. So Look, I know hey. the real reason. These writers are hacks and they're like, we got to write 25 of these and that's a lot and we can't do it. So Yeah, and there's a reason why this is like uh, episode 24 of Voyager season six. The, yeah. they, this is, they, they came to a point where there were no more blue cards on the board with ideas. <laughs> yep. Uh, Barkley says they're on the verge of a breakthrough with Voyager, some kind of calm link. Um, but he's actually there to check on Zimmerman's health. Uh, dude says he's terminal. He's dying and that's that. Credits, as if we care enough for that to be dramatic. Uh-huh. Uh, Voyager gets a big download of, uh, data from Starfleet. And the DS9 theme plays triumphantly for some reason. <laughs> Or like a close, I I missed that. a close approximation of the DS9 theme plays. Uh, Neelix delivers a letter from uh, Barkley to Schmullis and uh, tells him all about sick, dying Zimmerman. And Schmullis goes to the captain and once again asks to leave the ship to do his own thing. He wants to fucking zoom to Jupiter Station via the fucking data link or whatever and nurse Zimmerman back to health. He'll and- be right back though, right? Uh, well, the captain says, uh, nah, man, we've been over this. We need a doctor. We have but one doctor. Why are you always trying to run away also? What if, and I know I sound like a broken record, but what if your program is lost and irretrievable? <laughs> it's, the, it's the threat every week. Anyway, she okay, look, even in-universe, if this was a thing that could happen, they're so afraid of it all the time. They haven't found a workaround for that yet. They haven't nope. figured out a way to, to make that not the big risk. No, apparently not. Listen, it's in the backlog, but it's fucking so far down. It's just never going to happen. It's just tech debt that's going to be there forever. Well, she relents again. Seven removes a bunch of his enhancements so he'll like fit in the data stream. And then uh, he's off. And uh, uh, Barkley... Uh, brings Zimmerman the good news, meaning he opens a thermos, and Schmollis pops out like a genie. <laughs> and uh, Zimmerman's unimpressed, constantly referring to him as a Mark I EMH, some fucking old trash, obsolete bullshit. Uh, Zimmerman refuses to be treated at first, but eventually gives in, uh, but the initial scans and questions go badly. These two just can't get along. The doctor keeps trying, but Zimmerman's such an asshole that even Schmollis loses it. Um, anyway, man, Schmollis says Zimmerman needs a counselor. No, so, do we know anybody like that? So, you know, that means Barkley has to call Troy, who he now calls D like fucking Tam Elbrin used to. Uh-huh. She initially says she's too busy to come help, and I don't think that's true. But um, she also just, you know, gives in. Janeway plays a message from some admiral. First note, 
Uh, they're redirecting a couple of deep space explorers to Voyager's position, and if all goes well, they could rendezvous in like six or seven years or whatever. But she's hella depressed because this guy is the first to ask her for a fucking progress report in years. Oh, yeah. He wants to, like, know what y'all have been up to. How many people beefed it? I heard there's some Maquis on board. What's going on with that? She hasn't thought about that in a million years. No. Her trepidation is understandable. How will she tell him about all of the crimes? So many crimes. That was such a weird little... I thought it was going to... It threatened to become a B-plot, but it did not. No, there were a couple of... I guess everyone was afraid that we couldn't have the whole thing happen in Zimmerman's lab on Jupiter Station, so they had to cut back, like, two times only for one minute each. Yeah, I was like, oh, is this, is this what's going to be happening on Voyager? Nah, this doesn't matter. Um, The doctor's still trying to treat Zimmerman, this time posing as a massage lady. But uh, Zimmerman figures it out, and they have another big fight. And then Troy walks in, and she starts making straw man arguments because, like, counseling, that's not her real job. No. Her job is to be Picard's little spy. Yeah, she calls them both jerks and storms out, but she probably did read Zimmerman's emotional state on the way out, because that is her real job. Then the hollow assistant that's been hanging around hands her ice cream, no joke, just says, here's some fucking ice cream. She's had it each time she's appeared in Voyager. The hollow assistant helps Troy understand that, uh, he worked so hard on the Mark One, and that's why he like made it look like himself. But then it's big failure. I guess it was a big failure. Has it's like a big failure albatross with his face on it. So we knew it wasn't going too well because they made an Andy Andy Dick, Dick, Mark Dick Andy Dick didn't seem like it could but possibly we're be gonna an upgrade. Learn in this one, the Andy Dick didn't do any better, nah. and then he made a Mark Three. And guess what? There's even a Mark Four. So I don't know who Mark Three was. Polly Shore. <laughs> who do you think it would have been? But yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> the Mark III was constantly wheezing the juice, so... It makes we, uh... sense for the era. I think you could still have pulled a Pauly Shore out in the late 90s or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he hates this fucking Mark I. He doesn't want to look at it or think about it. Zimmerman's recording his last will and testament. He bequeaths all kinds of shit to Barkley, his only friend, uh, except for his hollow assistant. Was her name Haley? Is it Haley? Haley. Whom he requests be left on as long as the station's in operation or whatever. Um, Troy invites Schmullis on a group date with Zimmerman, which he refuses. But then he starts to fucking degrade, man. He gets all glitchy. That's what they're always worried about. So they go to Zimmerman for help, but he doesn't care. Says it's just a hologram. But fucking Haley's there, and she brings up the times that he uh, showed he cared about her and Leonard, the talking iguana or whatever. So he's convinced to try and fix Schmollis. He uh, he gets excited. He gets all kinds of upgrades ready for Schmollis, who doesn't really want them. And Zimmerman finally admits what Troy already uncovered or heard from the heard from Haley. He's ashamed at the holograms with his face. His beautiful face were thought to be shitty and bad, so he takes everything having to do with Schmollis pretty personally. Zimmerman fixes Schmollis, but Schmollis also fixes Zimmerman, but it's all off screen. Everything's done off screen. <laughs> anyway, Schmollis also figures out that uh, he was glitchy because Troy and Barkley sabotaged him. It was a setup, so Zimmerman and Schmollis had to bond or whatever. 
Yes, they were willing to maybe commit murder. Yep. Yeah, I guess Barkley probably figured he could undo it if Zimmerman was a real hard ass about it. Uh, Zimmerman asks Shmolis to check in with him from time to time, so they're on the track to a healthy father and son relationship, I guess? They're doing better than Odo and his dad. Yeah. Barkley takes a picture of them together with Shmolis' comically oversized camera, and we assume Shmolis will make it back to Voyager without issue before the next episode, but we don't see nothing, and... That's the yeah, end. Yeah, a quick diversion here to ask, does anybody have a better relationship with their dad in Star Trek than Shmolis and Zimmer? Oh, well, I mean, either they got dead Jordy, dads. right? Can only be Jordy with his One time he talked to Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen? And they seemed fine. Yeah, they seemed <laughs> like they got along okay. Yep. Not like they were close, but they were fine. Yeah, no, they're okay. But everyone else... Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, um... We, I mean, turns Martok, out Picard's dad when he was alive was a piece of shit. Martok, if we are to believe Q. Martok adopted Worf. They're pretty close. <sighs> they are close, but like, Martok doesn't think Worf's cool. No, <laughs> well, he's not. Uh, okay, what about Martok's real son who Worf stole that dagger from? Martok did dutifully come to retrieve it. That is true, but that probably put that kid in the doghouse, right? That kid sucked. That kid sucked he so bad. He lost his dagger? That kid sucks so bad that Worf had no respect for Martok when he walked into the room. Because he saw his <laughs> shitty son. Yep. That's not good. Well, he's the dad of a little liar, so... <laughs> he knows what it feels like. He knows all about it. <laughs> How come he never threw that back in Martok's face when Martok was giving him parenting advice? Said 18 weeks ago or whatever it was. You know, when he was like, you got a son? You never told me you had a son in that whole episode? How come Worf wasn't like, hey, I met your fucking trash son, so fucking keep it to yourself, man. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, uh, you gotta you gotta work hard. Kirk's dad dead as far as we know. Oh yeah. Uh Spock doesn't get along with his dad. God no. Thinks he could I be assume a no one I assume no one else in the original series cast had a dad. If <laughs> if so, they were not mentioned in any way. Yeah, I think it's true because I think Sulu's dad is San Francisco. Yeah. So, well, I think he has a mom, and then his dad was just San Francisco. He was born there. Probably. I guess uh, Sulu's daughter and him probably get along the best of anybody we see. I mean, she did go to Starfleet, but... Yeah, she went in, she followed in her dad's footsteps. We don't ever really... We don't really see them do anything together. Oh, uh, no. if you watch the newfangled shows, uh, you get to see Jordy's kids. Uh, okay, I they mean, seem I have, like they're. I have one of Jordy's daughters in timelines, so yeah, they seem like they're I doing assume. okay together. So that's the new. Those don't count. Those are nothing. Yeah. So you know, this may be one of the better ones. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. ask me for yeah. this now. Yeah. Are you interpreting all the symbols? Mm. Searching your subconscious for their meaning? No problem, Chaco. We've got this one nailed, don't we? Hurt people. Hurt people. Hmm. I like it. Shatner eyes, Shatner eyes. I got you. Yeah, Thanks, yeah, uh, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Everything we've seen of Zimmerman suggests he is a deeply disturbed man anyway. Uh-huh. But this episode really comes to a head when he admits that seeing Schmollis just reminds him of his humiliation, and that's why he's chicken spaghetti at Ciccolini's. <laughs> yep, 100%. <laughs> uh, fine, okay. I guess the take is address your own issues instead of lashing out. I don't disagree with it. It's not much. I'm giving it a three. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I um, I like my take better because it's specifically about fathers and sons who I think we're supposed to slot these two dudes into those relationships. Sometimes, man. 
<clears throat> I don't know if you knew this. Fathers and sons don't get along because they see the things they hate in one another. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're too, they're too alike. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that what happens in Turgenev's Fathers and Sons? I haven't read it in over yes. 20 years now. Yes. Turgenev. I see. Yeah. I know it well. <laughs> I gave it a five. Oh. I know, a spicy five out of ten. Listen, man. I know how this week went. That is something for getting five about. points in a category <laughs> is true. an extremely good sign. That's true. I do have one of them pre- preliminarily at an eight. So, f- yeah, five yeah, is pretty good. Yeah, so g- getting five makes it really hard for this to be <laughs> the lowest scoring one of the week. Yeah, I'm trying to see. I mean, they don't get a lot of premise <laughs> points on Voyager. Let me see the last time. They got a 10 in premise for Child's Play in week 137. So. Uh, they're not going to get there this Oh, week, you but... meant 10 total. Man, I almost yeah, no, no, lost I... my mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you had issued a 10. For... Uh, I mean, no one's issued a 10 in premise, have they? I don't remember. Ooh, I can't... That's a good question. I can't recall. That would have to be such a good take, man. I mean, the all-time high is a 17, and the all-time Your high personally is a, is a 9. for rejoined. Oh, you gave a 10 in uh, Haven. I don't remember Haven. what the premise was. I, I assume Uh-oh. you have the notes, but I don't know. Oh, hold on. What did it? I also gave a 10 in Vox Sola, an episode of Enterprise. Oh, you did? I didn't even see that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Boy, I don't even no, you've issued... That. I gave that one a two. Like three nines. <laughs> Is that the episode? We were off no, on we're the take. We apart on that one. <laughs> by, by, the, by the way, that episode came forth that week. Did you know in Haven? 10 in premise. In Haven, I gave it a two as well. Shit. So in both the ones where you gave a 10, I gave a two. So we had completely different ideas about the takes of those episodes fucking buck wild Mm. Uh, but i purposely don't save the notes because i don't ever want to have to see these again or think about them haven was week 10 hold on so much so much good stuff happens and then what is really a bad episode it's a bad episode with so many interesting things oh holy shit my formatting is totally different all life is interconnected. I have wrote oh, as a take. Shit. Yeah, it's another one of those big things. Uh, when they, they, because they have the dreams of each other, and yeah. everyone's just like, oh yeah. yeah, that's a thing. I know and about that. that. Doesn't Waxana Troy say, oh yeah, 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 yeah? Listen, everybody who's not telepathic is too dumb to admit this, but all life is interconnected. And you hear real muffled in the background, Riker going, "Of course, what else about that?" Yeah. Just kind of trails <laughs> off in the background. And you're like, yeah, we know, Frakes. <laughs> Well, Haven is the episode that breaks him. It's by the way, that's week ten, and he's still ba- very badly broken in week one forty two. I mean, he's not really in this <laughs> no, one, no. but you know what? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, he may never recover from Haven. He kind of he gets a little bit of mojo back here and there, but I'm not sure he ever really yeah. becomes Slick Willie again. I assume that's what someone called him. Anyway, jumping on back to uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, execution. To avoid execution. <clears throat> uh, it's a shame that there are no likable characters in this show, so I can't say, couldn't they have done this plot with Tom and Admiral Paris? Because like, uh-huh. that would have sucked too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool if they figured out a way to compress him in a data stream and then he just <laughs> wouldn't be on the show anymore. He'd be back in the Alpha Quadrant because yep. why would he go home? They said it and then the whole thing breaks the can of anyone else and we celebrate. Um, Then we get to see the Barclay and Troy show again, which makes me sad. It's just sad to see it happen twice. Yeah. And it's too many schmalluses again this week. Yeah. Zimmerman is less outwardly pervy this time around, but probably because yeah, he's sick. Yeah, but that's probably because his ding-dong don't work. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's probably too sick to, be, to really perv out. 
Uh, again, only the mildest hint of a B-plot this week. Normally, I'm fine with no B-plot, but given the subject matter of the A-plot, I wouldn't have minded seeing Janeway go through it some more, imagining what the hell she's going to tell the brass about her extreme pirating adventures. Yeah, but you know if there had been a B-plot, it would have just been Janeway goes back to Fairhaven. <laughs> to get advice? Has and another argument about whether she can uh, fuck in there. Get some get some fucking advice from uh, uh, Michael Sullivan from the sa- sadly handsome Michael Sullivan uh, right. about what she's gonna tell Admiral what's his name and then again some <laughs> smooches. Um, it was bad uh, and it was boring, but on the Voyager curve, it's only a three. Um, hey, this should be about something, shouldn't it? <laughs> Like, I mean, ideally. <laughs> like, he meets his dad, and his dad thinks he isn't capable of much, and Shmola starts to let that get to him and has to learn that he is not less perfect than Lore or uh, something. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But if anybody learns anything this week, it's Zimmerman, and, wh- and wh- what does he learn? That his holograms were great all along, secretly? Yeah, that he really is an underappreciated genius. Yeah, 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 woof. Yeah. Um, Nobody knows how computers work, and it irritates me. Sure. Because I knew so much more about how computers worked when this came out than the writers do. Yeah. It's just so bad. Uh, did they say <sighs> another thing about how she's going to email everyone in Indiana or whatever? No, but she's like, if we send you, we can't send any letters home. And then later, Seven is like, we need to delete 12 mega quads and should th- oh, like, yeah. delete three things from his personality. And she's like, all right, that's enough. But then it's like, hey, uh, no one knows how big a mega quad is, but I guess it's uh, I guess it's bigger than text files from all 170 members of the crew. <laughs> yep. I'm just guessing that you could probably delete one more thing from his uh, shit yeah. and be able to send also all of the letters home. Yeah, maybe just he's probably got tap dancing in there. You can delete that too, I bet. Yeah, you can for sure. <clears throat> yeah. Uh Why is Troy uh, I hope they one? deleted uh the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde stuff. Oh, well, they, they got to delete some of that. If we learn if they learned anything in all of those episodes is that messing with his program too much could make him a Dr. Jekyll or a Mr. Hyde. Oh, okay. So then maybe they should just they yeah, they have to be right. conservative here because even if you try to just make him like Gandhi and, <laughs> mixed uh, with uh, Lord Byron <laughs> and Byron, yeah, 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 uh, you know, he you had could some end great up, ideas that week. He could end up just an absolute like, what murderer. What if I have the um, the scientific skill of a, a Marie Curie, but also check this one out? I could swat him like Babe Ruth, <laughs> and you're just like, why? Hold on. Don't mix those two personalities. That seems like that could go bad. Is that important to you? I don't think you should think about that right now. You should think about doctor stuff. He never wants to think about doctor stuff. Is it important to you that you can hit dingers? Yeah, I'm going to go hit a bunch of dingers. But you're not going to have Babe Ruth's body unless you... Are you going to change to Babe Ruth's body? I'm confused by it. You just want to have the personality of someone who can really fucking wallop them. <laughs> um, did they bring Troy back because they were like, Barkley can't carry a show if we can get we already tied the two of them together if we can get troy back this week we can run a trailer after raw and people will watch this special guest and you're like oh please say it's the rock again please say it's the rock again it's it's fucking troy shit um and what 
what happened? This is season six of Voyager, which would be like, I guess that would be season 13 of TNG. Something like that, yeah. But she's just full English. Yeah. She's a hundred percent. She uses her All Carolyn right, Seymour voice in the scene say, where she yells she, at them that they're jerks. Is she full Torith or is she just Oh, she's a hundred percent. In the meantime, we must protect ourselves. <laughs> Engage the cloaking device. Engage the cloaking device. Um, Look, I guess man, she nothing had happened. one role model for Lady Romulan yes. with power. All right, and she—it was happened to be the lady right in front of her, and that's all—that's what she went with. Um, in the chase, is there a Lady Romulan too, or just the Scottish Romulan? Just the Scottish, just the gray hair. He's the only one there. <laughs> I mean, he brings a lieutenant who doesn't say anything. The only <laughs> okay, lady good. we get in the speaking role is Oset. Oset, yeah. yeah. Looking she's British to too. She is also British, so check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, she's I guess they had already known about David Warner at that point. They're like, they exist. They got British ones, so it's true. Not, it's fucking doors wide open. Bring in all your favorite Brits. Um, I guess nothing happened on Voyager for thirty-two days that we need to know about. This is the quietest month of their whole trip home. It's fucking. It's so fucking true because we don't even see anything else that happens after he has uh, been fixed and fixed, uh, Zimmerman. It's just like they take that picture and like at some point he's going to go home, but we don't even know how many days are left, right? Is yeah, he going home right after that or is he going to go home at some point? I mean, he can only go home once the window opens up That's again, I mean. right? So it's like he's there. Um, the quietest month in their whole trip home. Uh, Jim would probably just spend it pacing in her quarters in the dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. No need to come out. Look, uh, ultimately, this, shit locked down. this episode was fine. It was just nothing. I gave it a three also. Okay. Uh, world building. Uh, we have some continuity with the Midas array from the last time we saw yep. uh, Barkley. We learned that Mark One holograms are all working on garbage scouts now. Yeah. Not as doctors. They are now doing manual slave labor on garbage scouts. This is a thing that I'm pretty sure Data's trial was supposed to prevent, but it seems like it didn't. Yeah, but I guess the they're probably interpreting the precedent very narrowly, and they're saying that was about robots. That's and... what I mean. I'm, it did not succeed in preventing this thing from happening at all. And these are holograms. Uh-huh. So... These don't count. You make a million of these and just make them all slaves. Um, we know there's up to a Mark Four now on these medical holograms. Uh, we know about. Uh, we finally see Jupiter Station, which was mentioned in that terrible Deep Space Nine. Yep. Um, it's not a it's not a ton. I am curious to see. This is the second time now that Starfleet has been able to make contact with them. I'm curious to see whether this continues the idea of that they're in regular contact. Uh, into season seven. I'm going to give it a two. How old do you suppose that... How long do you suppose that station's been at Jupiter, and why do you suppose they would need a station at Jupiter? Oh, maybe they're getting energy from it somehow. They just, like, uh, parking over that big spot? Uh Sucking up its spot juice? I don't know, man. Jupiter's like almost a star. Maybe there's, maybe they're getting some energy there. Maybe it's probably been there a while. I'm just saying. I don't really. I don't know what is what is it doing there. Um, I'm sorry. What'd you give it for? Real building. 
Two. Okay, I agree, it's a two. Uh, the cyclic pulsar that helps Starfleet beam messages into de- fucking deep space. I'm not sure how they know who's going to receive this data. Is it encrypted? Do they... <laughs> That's a good question. Do they know where Voyager is at all times somehow? I don't really know how this works. It uh, it was all jacked up when Seven showed it to Janeway, but that doesn't mean that she didn't you know decrypt it before that. But yeah, they could be blasting this shit out. Like the Romulans could get this, and they're yeah. like, oh, they're uh, rerouting a couple of deep space ships out towards the Delta Quadrant. Shame if they disappeared. <laughs> um, just like we tried to hijack the fucking. Oh yeah, the. Uh, the one that had the assault multi-vector vector, assault mode yeah, that yeah. thing whatever the fuck that thing was called the Andy Dick episode um, Prometheus or some shit what was that that could be that sounds like that it could sound be right. no that's it then let's call it that it's the Agamemnon it's Sheridan's ship okay um, alright they have to leave 12 megaquads of data behind to send the doctor across the fucking galaxy um oh, is... they had to remove 12 megaquads and then compress him yes so I don't know is um, is the question, have you fucked any Bolians, a standard medical screening question? It's an extremely good question, and I do, I have asked about it in my uh, quick hitters. Okay, because the Bolians are taking a lot of L's these days, man. Yeah, Between man. The, all the bathroom stuff and then this fucking question. It does make, doesn't it make you wonder who they're supposed to represent in the yeah. world? <laughs> these fucking guys, you gotta ask all these questions about whether or not you've... I fucked any bullions. Um, these long-running hollow assistant programs like Haley, the various iterations of the EMH we haven't seen on screen since the Schmollis and Andy Dick adventure. Yeah, just a two. <clears throat> All right, well, what about characterization? I ask. Barkley's obsession with Voyager continues, but I guess now it's his job. I guess they're letting him do this now. Uh, well, also, he probably got fired. From whatever he was doing before because of his shenanigans. Uh, like, I know that guy was going to let him date his sister or whatever, but probably also he was like, but listen, I do have to fire you. Honestly, that guy was trying harder than anyone's ever tried with an employee. He literally was like, date my fucking sister even. That's how hard I'm trying to make it work with you. His wife's sister? I forget. Don't remember. Either way. That's uh, someone, someone too close. Yeah, I would never try something like that. Um, Something that was definitely going to involve Barkley coming over sometimes. Troy just fucking has everybody bringing her ice cream everywhere she goes now. <laughs> embarrassing. Troy and Barkley parent trap the small eye. That's a sentence word allowed me to type, actually. <laughs> it's very strange. Parent trap the small eye? <laughs> yeah. I should have just rejected it. should have closed the document automatically and, uh, I don't know, asked for some kind of verification that I'm a real person, but now it just let me type it. I have a theory that that's not the last time you're going to say Parent Trap this week. Well, my notes are entitled uh, Episode 142, Parent Trap Week. So, uh, Schmollis earnestly tries to save his creator's life, uh, gets super pissed off a lot and ultimately gets closer to his fucking dad or whatever. It's like Data and Soong, but somehow even more boring. Zimmerman still sucks. Janeway's scared shitless about what to tell this admiral who's asking some very general and cursory questions about her adventures. I give it a four. Uh, I gave it a four too, um, which, by the way, makes it a 26, which makes this 
an absolute full diaper of an episode look real promising this week. I know. It just didn't fail in any spectacular way, so it's their best one since, again, Child's Play, whichever one that was. Yeah. uh, Child's Play is the one. Science experiment? (laughs) Yes. Let's add a science bear. Yeah, the Borg science bear. Uh, Schmollis is arrogant. Fine. Uh, Troy loves chocolate. But does she deserve chocolate? (laughs) This is something she hasn't even considered, I think. Janeway, in probably the best scene in the movie, is suddenly worried about what's going to happen to the Maquis when everyone gets home. Mm. Seven is that what was happening there, by the way? I don't even fucking remember. I just remember her looking hella scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were like, oh, he's going to want a bunch of reports that I have not been writing. (laughs) And all of them are they're going to be very bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas she was like, I don't like him. I think of it as one crew. I don't like thinking of it as the Starfleet crew and the Maquis anymore. I mean, she never did. No one did. Yeah. Um, I think Seven's starting to get sarcastic. I think that's why she asked Schmalls if he was planning to have sex while he was in the Alpha Quadrant. <laughs> uh, and so nothing really new, characterization-wise, but it also wasn't the problem this week. Yeah, I think that's right. <sighs> Few quick hitters. Do it. All right, up top. What do you think happens if you fuck a Bolian? Can you catch the the weird seam in their face? Is it... Oh, God. Is it related to the bathroom stuff? Well, then I wrote, or is it related to their toilet troubles? Or is it just... Yeah, because it could just be another different thing with the Bolians, and then I don't know what to say about these dudes. Is their whole scene messed up? Is it? Uh, Does it all come out of the same... Oh, I don't like... Place? I don't like this thought too much. Yeah. (sighs) Some kind of hell mouth. That you can do sex into. Don't worry about it. But I want. Uh, I wonder if there's a. I think there's a way to construct a weird parallel for with moralizing about uh, anal sex in the way that was commonly done oh. during the AIDS pandemic. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Why? Wait. Are you trying? Because <laughs> you going deep on the what the writers thought about the Bolians, meaning uh, or relating to what they thought about the uh, gay okay. cancer. Yes, yes, kind of. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, I don't. I kind of don't want to dive into it because I think it's ugly. But uh, mm. you know, these writers suck. Yeah, um, that, that would track. This guy's got an iguana parrot. That's fun for everyone. Oh man, now Troy doesn't think she deserves chocolate <laughs> ice cream. These writers hate her. They made her so all she wants is chocolate ice cream. But now she looks at herself in the mirror and goes, ice cream, "But she says, I'm not sure I've earned it." <laughs> What the fuck? Well, in a way, she's a Tim Robinson character now. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. She, she looked very sad on that horse, for sure. <laughs> she, she wasn't having home. a good time anymore. <laughs> oh. um, How does a surveillance fly work outside of a holodeck? Is it a little robot? Because, yeah. like... If it only works where you've got hollow emitters and everything, all that infrastructure in a room, you could probably just record what's happening in there, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. That makes sense. You probably don't need a little fly. Okay. Um, I guess we haven't really talked about reassigning these medical holograms to work waste management. So let's do that for the next hour. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Again. Again, so I, no, I just... Number one. What? Yeah. 
First of all, it is like sometimes they talk about how sometimes they talk about how everything's so automated and everything seems so clean on these ships. But then there was there's always like a throwaway joke about having to do waste management or waste disposal. <laughs> and then you go, well, wait a minute, what are these ships and how do they work? And I guess now they're so bad they gotta use uh, hollow slaves to do it. These they treat this runner in this episode treats these holograms as if they are a physical in any way. Yeah. They're like surplus military equipment. We got to do something with them. <laughs> I know you absolutely do not. They're just programs. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do anything. They don't, they don't continue to exist when you're not running them. Yeah. It's not like, and not only that, he says all 571 of them or whatever, uh, are now on those barges. So it's like fucking one for one. Yeah, man. They Every make any more or uh, use any less. It was the exact number that they had created for starships, which again was not one that they then put on all these different starships. Uh-huh. There was a specific one for each one, and all of those now have to be used somewhere else. Each one is individual in some way and is has now put to work inside of a, a plasma conduit, cleaning it out on a fucking garbage scow. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, Voyager. Thanks, Voyager. Appreciate it. What the fuck? Yeah. The holograms. And I say just again, like, this is it's, so... It's just, just to, as, a, <laughs> as a throwaway, they've ruined the best episode that there has been of Star Trek yet. Hey, what did we do with uh, Cyrus? What did we do with Cyrus Redblock from your Dixon Hill program? <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? He uh, fucking he disintegrated in the corridor. <laughs> that was oh. it. He's done. I was hoping we could put him to work in the suicide nacelle. Is it? Can we do? What about uh, uh, Felix or whatever the little guy? No. Uh, no, they're all dead. What do you mean? They're just programs. Too. No, 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 no. You don't understand how holodeck programs work. Hey, what about the bartender? Could we put him to work in the nacelle? What do you mean? What do you mean? Could we put him to work? I don't hey, understand uh, what you're asking me. Hey, Worf, can I borrow the Skeletors from your exercise program? They seem we like they're repaint. already only barely people, so that's fine if we use them, we right? We need to repaint the outside of the ship. Can we use the Skeletors? <laughs> no. Oh, you say they need to breathe oxygen. I thought they were holograms. Ah, fuck. Okay. Okay. That <laughs> uh, was a good idea. Hey, um, hey, do you remember very briefly in Code of Honor when uh, Tasha Yar summons up an Aikido guy yeah, so about she that can guy. throw him? What's he doing? He's already wearing like a mask, I think. He should be fine. Hey, we got a call from the hood. They want to borrow our Aikido guy. <laughs> so we, do holod- we have to put him in a shuttle they've or inst- can we transmit him? <laughs> they installed a hollow emitter just in their waste management system. So can you handle that? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the other thing. They fucking refitted all of these plasma conduits with hollow emitters, I guess. <laughs> it's well, just again, so dumb. Voyager just tries to ruin everything with a casual remark. Just like an offhanded remark or something. Except it's not, because this guy's furious about it. No, because it's over and over again, and it's yeah. the symbol of this guy's failure. And it's, it's crazy. It's not just that it was a failure and, uh, and his face was associated with it, but those guys are still out there cleaning up garbage everywhere. He constantly thinks about it. It's just so dumb. Hey, well, you know what? You did, you did it. You succeeded. You talked me down to a one in world building. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. You keep going. Keep going. Maybe it'll be a zero. Is that what you want? Oh, I'm sorry, Voyager. You were you looked like you had a chance at a seventh <laughs> win. <laughs> but I just... The thing with the holograms is so upsetting. Is that what you want? Huh? I'll give you another. You want another? <laughs> no, I'm good. 
Um, they don't really get into whether holograms are people. There's a little bit of talk coming mostly from Haley in this one. But you know who definitely doesn't think holograms are people? Barkley just fucking around in Schmollis' bits and bites with no respect, just like everybody else. It's kind of like, I don't know, like the writers decided a long time ago that he's not. That he's not a person. The writers decided <laughs> mm-hmm. a long time ago that he's not a person. And you can and tell so we don't have to worry about it. No so one on the ship can treat him, him, like him however. Yeah, yep. exactly. And they're just like, no, now it makes it really easy to have him in episodes and do zany, funny stuff with him where you can just do whatever. Yeah, it's just look at the end of the day, he's not data and he doesn't have rights. So don't that's, worry about it. That's right. That's what I'm saying. They just casually ruin all the good stuff from Star Trek that came before. That was like the one good episode, man. Where I mean, it's the, sitting the at the whole, top of the list right now. The whole fucking trial to determine whether Data's a real fucking person or not. And then they, they come along in, in the first season or whatever. You're supposed to be thinking the Doctor's a Data. He's a Data. He wants to grow and change and become like a person or whatever. And uh, he wants people to treat him like a person and all this stuff. And then eventually they go, but that don't matter. Don't worry about it. And then you get to the episode where Janeway has had has reset him 40 times personally. <laughs> And then eventually she makes the huge sacrifice of reading her novel looking annoyed while he has a breakdown in front of her. Yeah, putting a fucking chaise long in the holodeck and reading a novel. And looking real shitty, the whole like giving shitty fucking looks the whole time, too. Yep. Yeah, just yes, mean Doctor, him. I know. <sighs> Boy, anyway, I give best actor Janeway. Not a lot of good choices this week. Worst actor, so many choices available, but for me... <laughs> It's the uh, this admiral, this old man coming in to work two hours on Star Trek and delivering a real nothing message. <laughs> it's true. That guy had an easy day, didn't he? Yeah. You like I got paid one day paragraph? rate and he earned it. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Should I read it again different? No. One time's fine? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Can't believe I had to sit and make up for this. Uh, we already talked about all Mike Wickators at various times. All right. Let's try to get out of here in an hour and a half. Yeah, so I uh, ended up being a 25, not a 26 for Voyager. Uh, <laughs> we spoke after too I went soon. my quick hitters. <laughs> uh, second place last week was The Next Generation. This week we watched Birthright Part 2. All right, recap, Worf's in prison, etc. Yeah. The Romulan prison. Uh, the Klingon survivors tell Worf the story of their capture. They were knocked out by a weapons blast at Kittimer, and they woke up shackled. So they didn't even really get a chance to fight to the death. Sure. They tried to starve themselves, but they were... And they don't go into this, but we assume force-fed. Yeah, or like cooked up to fucking IVs and dumb shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the, uh, the main guy, uh, hold on, I gotta relearn his name, LaCour. Yeah, he's like Core, but he's a fucking loser. He's LaCour. Stands he's for he's loser a lesser core. core and that's or or lesser core. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, that's right. I think last week you said they ain't got no cores here. Yeah, there's no cores here. Yeah, there's just LaCour. Yeah. Uh, he says the Romulan commander, Tokoth, tried to make a trade with the Empire, but the Klingons, uh, the Klingon High Council refused to acknowledge that there even were prisoners. And so then eventually Tokoth's like, well, you're useless and we're going to let you go. But they they knew that that would dishonor their families, so they stayed. 
Yeah. They're real fucking Clags dads, every one of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, LaCour asks Worf what he would have done if Moog had been among the survivors, and he said he would have been glad to see Moog there. And that's pretty easy for him to say because his dad died a hero, yep. and he still gets to have that because it's TNG. Yep. Also, LaCour asked him that question specifically so he could say back to him, I would hope my kid would come and kill me. Exactly. Yeah. Next day, uh, Worf is wandering the camp, and he sees some shitty Klingon teenager using a Gintok spear to uh, till the soil. Yeah. They haven't, um, you know, they didn't, like, put a hoe on the end of it or anything, or, like, nah. even flatten out the end. Nah. He's just, these spears look fucking pristine. Yeah, they keep everything They're, very They don't even have there. dirt on them. They're made out of, like, ultra stainless steel. Yep. And he comes in hot with a lecture. <laughs> He's uh, like, hey, I've seen these, you know, those uh, those great books they got uh, where like, they show all the uniforms from, like, the Revolutionary War uh-huh. or, like, some kind of, some of the Continental Wars. And, like, I've seen those in those kinds of pictures. And yeah, you better respect these. People, of which I am one. One of the, the people that I, you and I are both, we are each one of. Uh, only to discover that the uh, the young people in the camp, you know, the people who were born in the camp, believe that there's a big war going on and that their parents uh, have come to this place to keep them safe from it. Uh, he hears the same line from Bael, and he tells her that if she thinks she's free to come and go, she should tell her father she wants to visit the homeworld and see how he reacts. Yeah. Now, his beacon begins going off. And you know what that means? Jack Lom Shrek has he's gotta he's gotta go back to Shrek. He's gotta get with Shrek right now. Uh, he starts working on a way out, but he's interrupted by the camp commander Tokaf. It's very clear to say that. <laughs> I'm glad you've now already said it both ways as they did. Yeah, yeah. who tells Worf that Lacor hated him too once. He says that the condition for keeping the prisoners alive when the High Council refused them was that Tokaf had to stay with them. So his decision ended his military career, and then he ends on the revelation that he married a Klingon, and he's going to do whatever it takes to protect his family. Great. Now, there is a bomb inside Worf's door. <laughs> Why? What part of it? How, how the bomb serves as part of the door opening mechanism? I cannot say. I'm sorry. I don't understand what you mean. Data just carries one around on his arm. Like, this is just yeah. standard. This is standard policy in the 21st yeah, I guess. century. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I guess so. Uh, Worf pulls out seven-eighths of a Rubik's Cube and uh, <laughs> looks at it, turns it over, pushes six buttons in sequence, and now he's got a grenade. <laughs> it's just in his door. He just looked behind a panel, and it was there. It was a bomb. Yeah. Uh, the future's pretty crazy, man. <sighs> Almost everything is powered by bombs in the future. He uh, he uses it to blow up some barrels, and he tries and he tries to climb over the wall while people are distracted. Um, guards see him, and it's a chase. And he Man, hits as I far. I don't think he blew up even one barrel. Those are the sparks. That explosion was all sparks, and the sparks went about three and a half feet high. I don't think anything happened there. I think it was just loud enough for people to go. Oh, those barrels usually don't spark. Yeah, I guess I should say it blows up <laughs> among some barrels. Yes. Uh, he gets as far as Jagalom Shrek's shuttle. I mean, 
to a clearing where Jaglon Shrek, Shrek is waving him on. He doesn't get he doesn't get any lines or characterization in this episode. I'm glad I remembered that part right because I remembered some other stuff wrong about this episode. But I remembered correctly that we do not get to do anything with Shrek in this episode. We don't get to hear about his secret motivations. We get nothing at all from Shrek. No. Do you want to know why that is? Uh, they couldn't. Did they run out of time with uh, with old Stephen Cochran? Uh, Zephram Cochran? Stephen Cochran? Zephram Cochran? <laughs> He broke his leg in between the filming of part one and the filming of part two. Fucking idiot. Was it just because he was too tall? It was probably just because he's too tall and his bones are fragile like glass. Yeah, he just did a tall guy thing where he stepped He's 6'7", man. You gotta be careful. That's too tall. Though, Jacek would say if he tried harder, he could have been a little bit taller. Well, yeah. (laughs) Um... Anyway, he gets tackled by Talk, and then uh, Talk's the shitty little teenager, and then the guards catch up to him. Um, now we cut back to the Enterprise, and I wish we didn't. <laughs> it's kind of like the Voyager, where we, we get like one or two cutbacks for no fucking reason. It's worse, though. They had they had even less confidence. Uh, the uh, Uridian shuttle that they're scheduled to meet is 12 hours overdue. So Picard tells Data or whoever to call up Deep Space Nine and look for, see if the guy filed a flight plan. That's yeah. the whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, find out if they filed a flight plan. And uh, Picard gravely says, um, that's the only chance we've got or something. And you're like, you're not going to be involved in this episode. Who are you fucking playing with? Yeah. I remember this episode. You. You're not in it. So don't worry about it. Now, Tokath plants a beridium pellet under wharf skin so that he the guards got it can out track him door. wherever he goes. He has those in his door. He pulled one out. It was probably in his door. Yeah, to get Or it was up. like, it was propping a table up. <laughs> it's right under one leg of a table. Yeah, it's under one leg of a table. And then he turns him over to LaCour because he's Klingon, and I guess, despite having lived together for t- 23 years, this camp is still pretty racially divided. Yeah, you still just say, the Chinese are yours. Exactly. Um, And he tells Talk to stick to him like a shadow. Uh, And sure enough, everywhere Worf goes in the camp, Talk follows. Worf immediately heads out into the courtyard to do a little Makbara. Yeah. And Bile gets right into his personal space to ask questions about it. She says to herself, there's only 26 minutes left in this episode. (laughs) I this gotta is, move this plot this along. This has got to go quickly. I've got to get in there now. <laughs> oh, she'd pop a tit out, but he's already seen it. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, that's nothing to him. <laughs> he would have. actually would have just gone, seen it. Seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> she starts asking questions about it. Uh, all of the young Klingons immediately crowd around him with their mouths mm. wide open mm. and wordlessly try to the uh, Tai Chi man to do the Tai Chi. They're like, "What is this shit?" I can't blame them. That's how everyone on the Enterprise acts too, man. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, Talk gets really mad about this and tries to put hands on Worf and mm. gets a very basic shoulder throw for his troubles. <laughs> yeah. It's probably they didn't want to train that guy to do any kind of stunts or falls, you know. No. No, Dorn's it, big enough to just push him around. It would have been fine, but Talk gets a look in his face and he goes, "Yes, that throw was like Galas himself." 
talk gets very emotional in certain scenes in this episode. Uh, now Bile takes talk uh, takes Worf home to look at her mother's armor and her rusty duck tog. Yeah, also, it's gross. <laughs> you can't say that. What's wrong with you? Also, um, a special old enough to fuck necklace that yeah. Bile is very interested in. So don't worry, everyone. Cleared of statch. Everyone, I was wrong <laughs> last week. Now strongly implied to be legal by Klingon standards. I was wrong last week. I remembered that part wrong. I remembered Shrek right, which we should all remember. <laughs> but I remembered Worf's thing wrong, and he's cleared of statch, which was the original name <laughs> of my notes this week. <laughs> well, we'll fucking talk about it. Um, later, around the fire pit, Worf is telling a story about uh, Kales and his brother and their father's sword. But LaCour breaks up the party and tells everybody it's bedtime. He literally says bedtime to people that we now know are all adults, presumably. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... Bile hangs around to ask Worf if uh, Kalos ever fucked. Yeah, man, she she needs it. She's gotta have it. And Worf's she moving in to give this her... huge one, man. Yeah, she for sure. Sorry, I was laughing too hard to hit the button right. Um... <laughs> Worf's moving in to give her one of those neck bites that everybody likes. Mm. But then he sees that she's got pointy ears and he pulls back. Mm. He makes yeah, his grossest to- face, man. She's Tokat's daughter. And she doesn't understand at all why that yucks Worf out. And he, mm. again, tells her to ask her parents to tell her the truth. Yep. Back on the Enterprise for some reason. Jordy and Riker have been reviewing Jaglom Shrek's flight plan and identified two systems near Romulan space, and they head for the closer one to start looking. End of that scene. Yeah, that's it, though, right? We ain't got to see that's them it. no more. Okay, good. Uh, I mean, we do. We see them right at the very end. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah, when, when he shows up with... Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Worf comes to apologize to Bile for upsetting her and to tell her she can't help being what she is, and it's not her fault. He's really stepping in it here. He's not good at this. He says Klingons and Romulans are blood enemies, at least in the outside world, and he doesn't know if he can accept her for who she is, and she hasn't seen the Galorndon Core episode, Mm. so uh, she don't know just how serious that is and how disappointed everyone was in Old Wharf before. At no point, which I think is weird, does he point out your dad M- might have killed my dad? Yeah, he doesn't. Seems weird. Seems like the kind of thing you would say as an explanation for why you're so mad about the Romulan business. Romulans butchered my family. Actually, it was in the battle where all these old Klingons were captured. Actually, maybe your dad killed my dad. Who knows? Yeah. No, he just says blood enemies. Uh-huh. Later, he sees Talk playing with a ring and some spikes, and he decides to show them the real ring spike game. Yeah, yes. He tells yeah. them it's uh, it's meant to train for the ritual hunt. Sure. And then, uh, then he gets a look in his face that everyone in the camp must have been able to see. And then he tells Talk, you're probably too young to be able to do this anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, listen, here's the thing about Talk. Not smart. <laughs> he's a he's a real dummy. Talk is a real dummy. Like he's as dumb as the teenagers everyone knew growing up. He just happens <laughs> to be Klingon. Yep. 
Uh, and sure enough, he uh, starts playing along. And then Worf, uh, Worf gets another flash of inspiration and decides he's going to take him on a hunt. And mm. so they go to speak to Tokath and Lacor about it. Uh, Lacor eventually agrees to this idea when Worf gives him his word that he won't try to escape. So with Talk as his guard, he sets out into the jungle with a spear. Yeah. But I didn't promise that Talk won't want to escape. Exactly. Talk starts to get (coughs) so excited about being able to smell whatever they're Yes. Yes. It is strong. It's he goes. He kind of goes full Ironheart in a way. I think he becomes out there in the fucking forest. <laughs> he really does. You can feel his heart racing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all going really well for Worf. Honestly, this plan it works like he expected. This would take months, and it's going to yeah. take one day. One time, one time out in the forest with one dude, and he's like going to win this fucking whole thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay, never mind. I don't. <laughs> I don't even have to think about it. You know what? Talk's got it from here. That's right. At dinner, Bile is asking if she would be allowed to visit Romulus or the Klingon homeworld. But before Tokath can answer, Talk comes in with a skinned goat. It's just clearly just a goat. Yeah. And a bad attitude. And he starts telling everybody about how he's a warrior now and everyone there is a punk. <laughs> That's right. He'll uh, fight anyone. He starts singing the one song they wrote for this episode, and yeah. everyone joins in. And Tokath doesn't like seeing his little daughter singing this. So he later, says to no one, sadly, Bael. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> it's like, why does everyone say shit out loud on TV? <laughs> I mean, this week they do. Uh, so later he calls Worf in and tells him, that Worf is disrupting his great work here, and so he's giving him a choice. They, he can live as one of them, or he can be put to death, and Worf says, that's easy as hell, kill me. Yeah, I actually, that's what I was, I was playing A the whole fucking time, man. Yeah. He's uh, doing Makbara again in his room when Bile comes in to remove the tracking device. She thinks he doesn't deserve to die, but he says he's not going to run away. Nah, man. Then she makes him admit that he loves her. Um... And why but not? They've had he, such a deep yeah. relationship. Apparently he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, But he's not going to stay there, and she feels like she can't uh, go out into a world that hates her for her lineage. I so, mean, he didn't really prepare her well for that idea. No. No, no we'll talk about that too later. <laughs> um, so he kisses her once, and then she says goodbye. And in the morning, he walks out into the courtyard for his execution... Tokaf gives a little speech about how he has to do this thing to protect what they've built. He has the guards stand ready to fire, but then Tok comes in in Klingon armor. It's probably, mm. probably his dad's armor. Who knows? Must be. We don't. No one asks anything about Tok's family. But also, very clean and well-kept again. Oh yeah, it's in great Only shape. Only that Tok was rusty. Everything else was very well-kept. <laughs> you have to imagine it was rusty when she got there. Yeah, that must be why. Yeah, and it was she's already like, rusty. It was on her list to do, to like... <laughs> to clean that shit up, but then she's just like never. It just was never a priority. And then, like, you know, during the first six months, Tokath wouldn't give her like WD forty or anything, and so mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. I'll get to it. I'll get to it someday. I definitely have time to get to it. It's like the he, he won't like, even give me a Scotch Bright pad. <laughs> like like four months ago, I bought some some clips to uh, install under the sink to keep my uh, my, my <laughs> sink, sink from collapsing from collapsing, and I just. 
all I've, I haven't done any of it. I just, it's still propped up by some metal tubes I found. Because <laughs> I'll get to it. Yeah, I know. Someday I'll get to it. Just like she's going to clean that dock dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Talk says they're going to have to kill him too. Him and all the others who want to leave. I guess they must have talked about it off screen. Yeah. I mean, but it's fine. We'll find out. Yeah, when when Tokath then Tokath, sorry, then tells the guards to take aim at both of them, then Lacor steps in also, yeah. and then all the other young Klingons step in. And finally Bile steps in there. So now they're and gonna have to And then he goes he goes like this Bile. Bile. <laughs> um and then Bile's mama, Giral, uh walks over and tells Tokath Look, this is the old Klingon's prison, but it shouldn't be their children's. Right. Then Worf announces that all of the children promise that they will never reveal the secret of this place. <laughs> and then, because we're really out of time, Talk <laughs> steps over and says, Hey, don't worry. There's a supply ship coming. We'll all hit you right on that. <laughs> and sure enough, in the next scene, Enterprise is toe-to-toe with a warbird. And Picard says that they got a call from Worf and that they've got passengers coming aboard. Yeah, yeah, that supply ship was wrong with the warbird. Talk doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> he doesn't know the wrong with the warbirds or what are delivering their supplies. He doesn't know that is the job of powerful starships. Not like Kirk. Kirk had to find that out too. Yeah, he didn't like it, but no. he did find out the hard way. Yeah. Worf beams, o- beams over with Talk, who probably has a million questions about ending up on a Federation ship with a human captain. Yeah. After all of this Klingon talk from Worf. Uh-huh. But he uh, he gets hustled off to sickbay before he can ask any of them. Don't worry, uh, he's going to get sent to Minsk or whatever. We're never going to see that <laughs> fucking guy again. Uh, Worf tells Picard the youngsters are survivors of a crashed ship and that no one survived Kittimer. And Picard says, I understand. <laughs> I guess we get to interpret that however we want to. <laughs> the end. Also, Data basically isn't in this episode. Yes, last week was data heavy. This week, not nice. Nah, not not so him. much. Not about him. He, well, he already leveled up, so it's over. That's true. <clears throat> Are you interpreting all the symbols? Oh. Searching your subconscious for their meaning? Well, Chaco, now that you've asked, uh, I had a couple of takes for this. Um, the first one was everything about you and your life was determined long ago by the combining of genetic material, <laughs> and you should never try to change the facts of your DNA. Just do what Klingons do if you're a Klingon. You get it. That's you know, what the main bad attitude guy in the bad attitude guys episode thought. That's right. Exactly. A voyager? <laughs> yep. Good shepherd? That's right. Uh, and that scene with talk on the hunt and everything Worf teaches these these poor wretches. Uh, but I went with, there's only one cure for propaganda and that is truth. Shout it out loud. I'll go with that one to avoid being cynical for once. <laughs> and I gave it a six. Oh boy. Um, just, you know, cause they've been told all this bullcrap about how they can't leave cause it's all a bunch of, it's the, the space war, what can we do and all this stuff. And then Worf just comes in there like fucking Elvis and Jesus all mixed into one. <laughs> and it's just like, I bring you the word. And they're like, fuck, it's so good. And they eat the word up so good. And then they, they, he fixes their whole society in 40 minutes. What about you? Yeah, so I suppose that the take this episode wants to give is you can't protect someone from the truth without harming them. Hmm. 
But I want to point out that they do a really bad job with this take because at the end, that's exactly what Worf and all the young people promised to do. <laughs> we promise we'll continue this big lie. They're not going to tell the families of these old Klingons that they're alive. No one else is going to get a chance to come to Worf's realization from part one that he yeah. needs to see his dad, whether he's alive or not. I wonder if Worf's plan is to have all these kids adopted by that guy who had adopted Kern. That's <laughs> a good question. What do you mean? I've got 70 kids. Why are you asking? I got a lot of fucking kids. Uh, so I'm not giving a lot of points for that take. It's going to be a three for me. Okay. Uh, what about execution? So a big problem with this episode is that everything moves way too fast. Uh, I mean, like, honestly, there's a common problem on TV. You, you have to, you got to do this in 40 minutes. Get in and get out. This episode feels like it is one of the worst jobs <laughs> yes <laughs> it's done with the time constraints well especially when you realize that this is a fucking two-parter uh-huh. and they spent so much time on wharf deciding whether or mm. not to go in part one and also on all of the meaningless data stuff uh yep that they have to have wharf and bile fall in love instantly yeah talk has to be won over by a trick that wouldn't fool a baby <laughs> a single hunt the other Klingons have to be won over by everyone singing a song together that LaCour was singing to them around the fire in part Last one. Week, yeah. Tokath has to immediately decide to execute Worf, and everyone has to immediately rush to his defense. Everything is on sitcom time this week. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, it's also, of course, a big exercise in racial essentialism. Yes, it is. <laughs> All of the Klingon children have to immediately prefer the Klingon way of life to the way they were raised because it is in their blood. That's right, man. Worf says, right. these these are our stories. Like, you could just go up to an adult that was born in China but adopted into an American family as a baby and explain the these basic stories, plot man. of Outlaws of the Marsh, and uh-huh. they would defend you from a firing squad. That's right. <laughs> you have to kill me, too, you motherfucker. This guy told me about a Chinese book. Um, Data's out. Jagalom Shrek has one wordless scene. Just There's a total of three minutes on the Enterprise about looking for Worf that absolutely doesn't matter because Worf just calls them at the end from a Romulan ship. I know. All that, again, Picard gravely saying that it's their only hope. <laughs> Worf just calls him. Yeah, he just calls him later. Um... This is not a great episode. I gave it a three for execution. Uh, yeah, it was one less. I have it as a two. Um, as I said, Worf is Elvis and Jesus mixed into one. These young people are fucking feeling it. Yeah. And these old fucks can't stand it. These fucking Herberts or whatever. What did they call them in that episode of TOS? Uh, I mean, yes, in TOS it was Herberts, but we're going to learn a couple more this week in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, they can't fucking stand it. And through a few seemingly insubstantial actions and references, he manages to get all these kids to rage until their Romulan papa lets them go. Or just lets talk go. I couldn't tell if he was the, the only, only one, who one we see is talk, but he, he does. He beams up then, there with a wharf. Then they do call the ship and say the last group of oh, okay. uh, all right. refugees or whatever have, have transmitted, have tra- been transported over. So but yeah, we don't see left, who's man. there, but you know who's not there, Bile. Yeah, she can't. She can't. Go. She can't. She's Worf too ugly. Made the most disgusted face. And yet, and Worf will say when he gets back, she was too ugly. And everyone will go, all right. Ah, I get it. Yeah. 
I mean, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I, like you said, as always, only having 40 minutes to play with is a real limiting factor in this romantic plotline. This girl is into it in a big way because they have to move this along. Yeah. Worf also has to be grossed out by her ears and plunge them into conflict right away for the same reason. But, like, in real life, these two would just avoid each other after that because they have no relationship to speak of at the point when they have their little conflict. Correct. But then he admits he loves her. Yeah. Why? When? Anyway. He's already, he's already decided she's not coming with him. He can just tell her whatever she wants to hear. <laughs> Gives her one kiss. Who cares? <clears throat> and then I hear I said, whether by others of age or not, she is crazy naive and probably not ready for a real relationship. So take yeah. it easy, big guy. Oh, content's under pressure for sure. Yeah. You're your own weird, naive, out of place problem child, and you should be able to see what she's dealing with. Okay. Um, how shitty are Romulan disruptors? Like, <laughs> couldn't that guy still shoot Worf and those other Klingons would be fine? Probably. I mean, mad, probably. They'd be mad. They're not in front of him. Yeah, so. like, talk comes and stands next to him, and it's like, I don't know. Well, some of those guys who line up directly behind Worf might catch a little of it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like most of Depending. They'd, be, they'd be mad about it, and then you just get over it. I don't know. I feel like it was a false choice to kill them all or let Worf go. Yeah. Uh, we've seen Worf's parenting style, so I guess we know what kind of mentor he'll be to talk moving forward. That poor kid, he thinks Worf's gonna, like, teach oh, yeah. him what it means to be a... <laughs> oh, for Worf's sure. gonna ship him away? We're never gonna see that guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. <sighs> Worf's own kid ain't there most of the time. That's what I mean. He had a chance to parent. He didn't do it at all, man. Sorry, Tom. He's not... Listen... Worf is not inviting talk to uh, undertake the roost eye. He's nah. not becoming a member of the House of Moog. No, 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 no. Oh, definitely not. Uh, and I, I don't know, man. I'm not sure the writers have much to say. Like, what is this episode even supposed to be an analogy for? What is this situation? Yeah. Other than, other than a situation where people decide to live amongst other cultures and I guess we're telling them that's dumb. <laughs> you should only live with your own people. It's dumb to live with people who aren't the same as your same race. Yeah, just a two for me, man. I don't know. I could see a one, actually, but you gave it a three. <laughs> yeah, what about <laughs> world building? These fuckers would rather live here secretly than go back and admit they were captured like idiot losers. Gintok Spears. Talk straight calls Worf Klingon derisively. So that speaks to something going on here. Uh, Yeah, you. I mean, you really get the feeling that Lacor and his people have had to eat a lot of shit. Yeah, at this prison camp, despite their theoretically being free. The ritual of the hunt, the cool songs, the stories about Kalis, the Tai Chi. Uh, all the facts behind the existence of this camp, I gave it a two. Uh, here I'm one less. Okay. Um, we're, uh, we got a special puberty necklace. Yeah, forgot about we that got puberty a necklace. Ring toss game. Uh-huh. We get the lyrics to the first verse of one song. Sure. The High Council renounced captured warriors. So, like, there's a few little things about the Klingon Empire here, but nothing important. I just gave it one. Characterization. Worf is a racist, and even he doesn't believe he can fix it. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, he's like Troy this week. He's not sure he deserves that ice cream. He believes he can convince these dumb children uh, to give up everything they've ever known with stories from Wikipedia, and he's only right because the show is dumb. Yeah. Happens a lot in um, Star Trek. And no one else is in it. Facts. So it's just worth being a racist. Uh, it's a two because at least that's consistent, but come <laughs> on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now that I think about it, we should probably just make a super cut where the lady, <laughs> where Troy, I don't know if there's a way to do it, where Troy asks if she even deserves the ice cream and Worf says he doesn't know. Because they're kind of going through the same thing. Um, I said Worf wouldn't hit a little kid, I think. Because uh, he almost hits talk. He knows he's uh, at his most charismatic when he's practicing his Tai Chi. Yep. So it's a hella calculated move to do it in front of everybody. The way he, like, <laughs> what? He fucking sidles on up there and he's like, mm, all right, I'm just going to do a little Tai Chi right out here in front of everybody. He's so fucking lucky. All of the whites on the <laughs> Enterprise have taken to it. Yep. And he thinks that yeah, that means that it is, he's very charismatic and everyone's going to love this. Yep. And he's lucky. He's, like you said, he's. Everyone jumps right in. Um, and not that Troy is like, uh, the regulations say I have to do a certain amount of exercise a week, and this way I'll never have to sweat. <laughs> it's right. My movements are all extremely slow, and I say it's for cultural reasons. Um, I think we can clear Wharf of Statch. He didn't sleep with her, and she may or may not be <laughs> underage, but I'm still pretty disappointed in him. Uh, dude didn't even try to make her take the oath, so this was obviously just some side action for him too, man. I I don't know, man. I don't know if it was anything. He saw her bush, and then later she was like, "I know you love me," and he was like, "Okay." <laughs> I, I, yep. Yes, <laughs> I don't I know. Do. I don't know how much Worf was even into this to begin with. When he uh, when he whips uh, Tokath's ass with the groovy truth, uh, <laughs> he then takes it a step further and puts his hands all over that dude's daughter right in front of him. Oh yeah. It's it's actually kind of fucked up. Oh, for sure. When she comes over to stand in front of him uh-huh. and Worf puts hands on her, yeah. he is now realizing that he has been afraid of the wrong thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, fuck, Worf. And then he's like, and I'm not even going to call her ass, motherfucker. Mm-mm, she's never going to hear from Worf. Mm-hmm. But guess what? She's going to talk about him. And like you said, no one else matters in this one. Uh, I gave it a three. All right. Well, we'll get into quick hitters here in a minute, but I will say that didn't beat Voyager. And Uh-oh. Um, that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Voyager's got a real good chance of notching its seventh win. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Schmollis and his dad. Did these two, did these two other shows really fucking blow it and give Voyager like the easiest win? Cause this episode should not win. Look, I just want to say Voyager put up 25 and Voyager's previous average was 23, so <laughs> just saying, man, that's it's above average for them. That's such a that was such a trash episode. All right. It is filler season, but let's have them quick hitters. Uh, let's see. Worf should just be nice and kill this old Klingon like he says he wishes his son would do to him. <laughs> can't like, I'm not your son, but I'll fucking kill you right now, you old pig. Oh, you want to do the, uh, uh, what's the, I can't remember the name of the ritual he wanted to do to Kern, or Kern wanted him to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, is that what you want? Is that what you're asking me? Because, uh, I'll be a good friend. Maybe we thought Bayel was underage because she's hella bossed around by our mom and dad the whole time. Could be. 
So you probably, you know what? I was probably watching that at age 10 or whatever, and I was like, she seems like she's my age. I get bossed around <laughs> like that. Uh, this Romulan is Gary Radbitch, always trying to put his black family on TV, even though nobody <laughs> cares, Gary. A true creature. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Gary Radbitch is the true creature. It doesn't matter. We all get it. No one cares about it. Good for you. We're very happy for you. I hope your family's happy. I hope you're happy. You don't have to always put them in front of the camera. They look like they don't want to be there. That's Tokaf. He uh, did rush right to that. <laughs> I married one. Mm. Mm. I've got a her? daughter around here somewhere. You probably haven't met her. I'm going to make them come and stand in front of you. So you can see them. They're my family. Uh, that's all I had. Um... They love implied nudity so much, Matthew, that they put the entire Peeping Tom scene in the recap. In the last time on Worf peeped on this lady, that's crucial information. You have, Listen, none of the rest of this is going to make sense if you don't know that he saw her bush. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'll, they kind of got a point because they're in love now and I don't understand <laughs> it. So maybe that was crucial. Maybe they did the whole episode and like, no one's going to understand why they're in love. And like, well, uh, listen, we'll have to put in that part from last week where he saw her bush. Listen, guys, they're giving us 50 seconds for the recap uh, on this episode, so <laughs> make your cuts. Mm. Uh, see, every one of you said the bush scene's got to be in it. <laughs> Fucking sanctimonious wharf over here, acting like he didn't have to have a magical ghost ship conversation with Data to decide to come looking for his dad. He's just going to be like, I would have been happy to find my father here. Like, hey, wharf. Yeah. We know, hey, we saw part one. He's definitely. I know LaCour didn't see part one. We saw it. Taking a lot of credit for being a super cool dude when we Uh know what what was really fucking going on. Uh, I said of Tokath, something about the way this guy's mouth moves reminds me of Will Forte's character, and I think you should leave. He's going to make Worf's honeymoon a living hell. (laughs) Yeah, he he is the old guy on the plane for sure. I just can't. Um, all I can think is, just they're all they're all chanting and singing, and he just looks right over and just goes, "Bye." <laughs> what are they writing? Come on, guys. Um, two tries to get that spear through a slowly rolling hoop seems about right, honestly. Yeah. Um, but this whole thing is a scheme and talks too dumb to recognize that it really only should have taken him two and he's not super and special. <laughs> That's right. Well, so when he's going to find that out for real, that he's not super and special. I want to come back to Statch. Okay. Because they introduce the idea of a special necklace that you give <laughs> to your daughter when she's old enough to take a mate. And then they very pointedly Never put the necklace on Bile in the whole episode. No, she has to sneak in and take it from her mom's place. Well, she's never, you never see her wear it. I know. She's not no, wearing it in any scene. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm saying she literally has to sneak in and show it off like, look at this contraband. This thing I'm yeah. not allowed to have. Yeah, again, the idea of the necklace is planted there so that we're, I think we're supposed to think, uh, I think we're supposed to think she should have been given this by now. But but then but be, they but never because do give it to be, her though yeah because her mom doesn't like Klingon traditions or whatever yeah 
Yep. But she doesn't put it on herself either. Like in that last scene, when she gets in front of Worf at the end, she ain't wearing the necklace. Oh man, how She's nasty like, would it have been if in front? I of am Tokath, old enough to make this choice. How nasty would it be if right in front of Tokash she puts that thing on with Worf? <laughs> I mean, extremely <laughs> nasty. Well, he doesn't know what it means, but Geral would have been upset. <laughs> Why are you? By that's the Klingon shit that he makes his wife hide because he doesn't want to see it or smell it. Bael, what are you wearing? Bael, that's a, that's a very pretty necklace, actually. <laughs> your mom, I guess your mom must have been wearing it when she was fucking stunned by a ship <laughs> ship weapon and t- taken aboard. Now that I think about it, why does she have that? Why do they all have all their, th- <laughs> all their fucking luggage? <laughs> what happened here? Hey, why do you have anything? I mean, the armor I get, she was probably wearing that, but like... What's the deal with that Bael, necklace? Where did her box of stuff come from? <laughs> did you did you send to the whole world for that? Um Man, just keep talking, I'm gonna drop some points here. <laughs> be, anyway, be careful. I'm just saying, like, if the idea of that necklace is that we're supposed to think Oh, okay. I was worried that she's young, but now, now I know that she is of age. Then yes, she should wear it or something. Fucking put it on her at some yeah, point. They shouldn't and say she this put is it on herself. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't say this is contraband. She had to sneak into her mom's place to look at. That does make it seem like maybe it's not time for her to wear it yet. Yeah, it doesn't it seem but, like maybe not. But but he didn't sleep with her, so nope. That's right. I think he's I think he's clear either way. Yeah, there's probably some lesser charge if you just kiss a minor, but I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> uh, Matthew, in beta canon, uh, talk, I know you were so concerned about his future. Sure, sure, sure. He goes on to serve on the IKS Gorkon under Captain Clag. Oh, God damn it. They, they, they both had coward dads, I assume. I don't know. I ain't reading those books, so I ain't going to find out if they ever talk about it. It's not Yuck. in the Wikipedia page or the. Is Lacour talks dad? Page. By the way, I'm just still trying to figure this out. It is not clear. Okay. I don't think he's supposed to be Lacour's son. Okay, because he's like Lacour seems really worried about him. <laughs> I think. I, I think Lacour just no has seen the rest of those guys doing the mock bar, and he's like, I guess talk's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit! If talk is the cream of the crop on that place, then. Uh... I mean, Talk tackled Worf, so at least he showed some initiative. That's true. <clears throat> well, he hates Klingons. Hates them. Yeah. Mind your own business, Klingon. Uh, best actor I gave to LaCour, and I don't want to interrogate whether or not he looks like our dad in any way. And uh, for worst actor, it uh, it's definitely talk. Although I did get, when he was singing, I did think, oh, maybe this guy was just cast for his baritone. Yeah, okay, maybe, but also, yes, <laughs> yes, that smell is strong. How did I, can't I not believe s- I could not smell it before? <laughs> fucking creams his fucking pants out there. All right. And that's a first for him. Well, it's the second. He did it one time peeping on uh, yeah. on Bile, but he didn't know Bile what Bile is pretty sure it's talk when it's Worf the first time. So Yeah, yeah she is pretty sure it's talk. All right. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I just know the DS9 sucked ass, everybody. So, you know. 
yeah, there's a there's a, at this point there's a pretty good chance that Voyager's going to be the one that walks uh, this week. I, I don't I don't have a horse in the race. It doesn't matter to me if Voyager gets a win. It's just I, that Voyager episode. But sucked. lifeline, oh, it's going to be lifeline. Yeah. Lifeline gets the win. All right, well let's figure it out. Well let's let's get to the bottom of this. Yeah, maybe we can fucking talk ourselves up for once instead of I'll probably just talk mm. you down again. Yeah. Uh, the winner last week was Deep Space Nine. This week we watched His Way. First thing I have written here is, man, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> I think it was not helpful that you did this one last this week. And at that point, I had already told you that this was the hardest <laughs> watching experience I'd had in the whole project. <laughs> it still feels like hyperbole, but I mean, it was very hard to watch. So I think I just possible. can't remember yeah. the worst ones. Because there have been some where you've definitely threatened to quit for sure. Well, like, look. Even talking down a couple of points from our preliminary scores, this isn't going to be the worst scoring episode. It has no chance. So, no. no, it's very hard to beat. For me, it's very hard to beat the one where they said Holocaust was the Jews' fault, and everything <laughs> happening into the blacks in America is the blacks' fault. Yeah. Science fiction. But um, yeah, let's get into it, and then we'll talk for probably twenty or thirty minutes about why it was hard to do. All right. Uh, open on the the poorest man's Sinatra. Just such a small, scared version of Sinatra. And he sings the most straightforward and boring version of some bullshit standard. And the crew of DS9 looks on seemingly brainwashed or something. They really like this. Odo in particular loves this shit, which should be a clue to everyone else that enjoying this is some real serial killer behavior. Anyway, this guy is a self-aware hologram. He's like cracking jokes about being a hologram and shit. Somebody named Felix designed him, and Bashir is so proud to show him off. A fucking I, mononym. <laughs> Bashir doesn't tell us I, anything I'm about sure Felix. We were gonna learn Felix, Felix made this guy special, and it's like, okay, you can't do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I kept waiting to figure out who Felix was. I, I, that, I it don't come up again. They ain't gonna Felix. No. Um. Oh, and by the way, you can check Memory Alpha. It just says he designed this program, so. Yeah. Uh, he introduces the whole gang, and this hologram is very perceptive and also very much of an era. He tells O'Brien it's okay to ogle everybody in there. His wife isn't there, so it's cool. Also, he tells them to fucking dress up next time. Just, you can't come here dressed like uh, the way Starfleet's dress. Um, Kira is off to Bajor to visit Shakar. I guess I thought they broke up, but maybe that's still happening. Uh, yeah. Bash- Bashir tells O'Brien all about how he asked this lady out three times. And even after that, he still wanted to try again. Yeah. And yeah. the hot. Ho- the hologram, Vic Fontaine is his name, gave him hella good advice, and now he's moved from stalker to occasional date for this lady. Yeah. Um, I guess we thought Bashir had grown up, but really he just gave up on Dax. Yeah. Is ultimately the only what thing happened. that's changed, because he's doing the same shit to whoever this lady is. Odo listens in brooding silence, thinking all about how much more sex he's already had on this show than Julian Bashir. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> 
Odo and very close friend Quark talk about Odo missing the boat with Kira. He's had a year since she broke up with Shakar. So I was right. They broke up. And he hasn't done shit outside of the light betrayal of early season six, which none of us talk about anymore. Um, Odo asks Quark to uh, let him into Bashir's program and so he could talk to the hologram. And Quark even shoes Bashir away when he comes to use it himself. Odo wants to know how Vic Fontaine could tell he was crazy about Kira, and Vic says it's the oldest story told by the most generic crooner. Unrequited love, baby doll. He probably says baby doll there. Uh, anyway, he says, don't worry about your car. Let's fix you first. Time for a makeover. This is really happening. <laughs> yeah. Odo dons a tux made out of his own fucking skin. It's grotesque. It's it's weird looking, too. He, he picks one with a non-standard tie, for sure. It looks all uh, triangular or something. Yeah. Something about it's wrong. <laughs> Then he makes Odo pretend to play the piano while he sings a long fucking song. So long that I took a break from writing and did other stuff while Odo learned to pose and smile like a goon behind this nasty Rat Pack dropout. Afterward, Odo's embarrassed about how much fun he had. A couple of ditzy girls come by to hang out with Vic and Odo, and they're basically programmed to like everything about him. Uh, I guess he had a good night because soon he's like singing unconsciously in Cisco's office. Dax lets it slip in the lift with Bashir that poor Odo will be crushed when he finds out Kira is staying on Bajor for two more days with Shakar. But uh, that doesn't go nowhere. Well, it seems like somehow Bashir doesn't know that Odo is carrying a torch for Kira. I thought everybody knew. How could I he th- not know? I thought everybody knew too. Did they? When everybody found out, was he a changeling? <laughs> and they just, like, didn't catch him up? Yeah, they didn't remember which things they needed to tell him about. I don't know, man. Odo couldn't care less. He's the star piano player of the Vic Fontaine explosion. They play their big hit, Sex Clips. Uh, they didn't have gifts back then, so it's just short porno clips they're singing about. Uh, Never mind, Odo's already bored of this shit. But Vic pulls a quark, and he steals Kira's likeness to make a hologram singer that Odo can lust after. Jesus, Vic. Yeah. Another scene that's way too long of not Kira singing Fever. Then I said, acting is hard. (laughs) Like, I feel like I could do all of the things that these people do if the point was that people were going to laugh at me. But to do that in a way that people aren't going to laugh at you? That's no, it's hard. a tough job. It's a That's tough hard. job. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. Uh, he gets a bit close with not Kira, but like it's not Kira. And actually it's nothing like her. I mean, like nowhere near as close as that changeling was. And he sniffed that one out. Yeah. So he quits on this whole dumb game. He bumps into Kira, real Kira, but like he goes back to being a loser. Fucking Vic Fontaine jumps into Kira's spiritual Bajoran prayer program or whatever to tell her uh-huh. about Odo's sad, mopey, unrequited love. Fucking eradicate this dude's program. Felix did a bad thing. Yeah, this is crime. I think, is Felix a pseudonym for the blue guy? I don't, I don't think this was right. Um. Anyway, she accepts a dinner invitation instead of eradicating the program. Why'd she do that? Um. 
Then Vic is in the comm system, inviting Odo to the Hollow Suite to meet the new Kira hologram that's just like the real thing. He's parent trapping them, is what's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's now, I wrote, the, now the parent trap starts. Yeah, that's the theme this week. You just didn't see the scene in TNG earlier where Worf gets Tokath and his wife back on fucking honeymoon terms again. And that's I why mean, Tokath relents and lets him and talk go at the end. In a very broad sense. Worf's manipulation of talk into going on the hunt is a parent trap of sorts. It's a kind of parent trap. It's it's like it's a it's a variant of the parent trap, and it's not close to the original. But like, is it not a parent trap? It's of kind sorts? of a parent trap, yeah. An ersatz parent trap, perhaps. <laughs> uh, Kira and Odo have weird dinner where she keeps acting like a self-aware hologram and Odo isn't good at immersion, so he keeps commenting on it and acting like a weirdo. Uh, you know, parent trap. Yeah. Uh, then, Jesus God, we get another Vic Fontaine song as Kira and Odo stare at each other a bit and then dance. And then Odo says out loud, you're a hologram, though! And then the jig is up, man. And Odo and Kira are both embarrassed and mad at Vic. He's a grade one hollow creep, so that's fair. And Odo's whole life now is 10 seconds of remembering the embarrassing things he said to Kira and then 10 (laughs) seconds of cursing his life. It's a constant cycle forever. No sleep, no joy. Uh, I don't know, but who hasn't been hollow catfished? I think we can all relate. This this is crippling. If this thing had happened to me, (laughs) crippling. Over. Everything's over. I never went outside again after that. Uh, Kira tells Dax she's uh, had a moment of total clarity. I hope it's that she's never stepping those little red boots into a hollow suite ever again. But nah, she chases Odo down and says, let's have dinner. And Odo's pissy and brings up Shakar. And then it's a farce where they argue their way into a big kiss in front of aliens with transparent skulls and Dax and energy vampires and Cardassian computers and the wormhole aliens. So <laughs> I guess they're going to be a couple now. Hodo actually thanks Vic for all his help, and then he leaves the program running because Vic feels like singing. Yeah. So another long, shitty lounge puddle to take us out of this thing. Who's responsible for this? (laughs) I mean, you want to say Seth MacFarlane, but it's not. (laughs) This is exactly the move Seth MacFarlane would, would fucking pull where he plays the crooner. Uh, hey man. This episode that I know you enjoyed so very much. What was it about? Here's what I got. I guess the take of this episode is, have you tried being cool? Yeah. Because normally the way an episode like this would function is that Odo has been keeping his affection for Kira a secret. And that finally he's going to open up to her and it's not going to it's not going to blow up in his face like he thought and you know maybe they maybe they'll even have a chance here except Kira already knows all of it yeah now Kira knows that Odo likes her to the point where they ha- they have a little side conversation they have a little side conversation at the beginning of this season where Odo's like I'm not going to talk about it or do anything about it until uh until all of this stuff is over with the Dominion. Yeah, all this... Uh, it's like, listen, all... I know you're worried that I'm going to do a big confession, but we're going to put that off. That's coming down the road. Yeah, I'm going to do Kira. a little bit of light betrayal first, and then we'll talk about it sometime after that. 
So it's not that he finally comes out and says it. No. So why is she into it now? Because yeah. when he thinks it's a hol- she's a hologram, he's a little bit open and like asks her to dance and stuff. And then she's like, oh, okay, I guess he's not just a puckered asshole all the time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Just make yourself cooler, everybody. And then the woman who, in the start of the episode, the guy says, she definitely sees you as just a friend, <laughs> is going to come around. All you got to do is be different and better. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That sucks. That's a two. <laughs> Okay. Uh, here's what I came up with. I decided I'd rather pick something true for the take than something the writers might have wanted, but f- they failed to write it good. So I said, sometimes what they mean by it takes two is you need two chances for people not to be weird, sullen squid babies. <laughs> you can still succeed if one person nuts up and makes the relationship happen. And that's Kira in this case, who goes out of her way to start dating Odo, who's only too happy to turtle up again and just fucking disappear. Oh, he he definitely does say, we don't have to talk about what happened last night ever again. <laughs> he, at no point in this episode, makes a move. He really doesn't. The whole episode's about him. We spend the whole episode with him. He refuses to do anything. Much more realistic is, after that scene, after the dinner scene, uh, Kira goes to his office the next day, and he's just an ashtray now, and he will not come out of ashtray form. <laughs> and she knows which one he is, too. Yeah, she and can she tell. she keeps saying, come out, I know that's fucking you. And he keeps going, maybe she'll, th- maybe she'll think she's wrong if I just stay here. Come on, like Odo, nobody smokes on this station. I know, I know you're not really, I know that's not an ashtray on your desk. That would be pretty good. Um... <clears throat> But, I mean, she's probably going to have to take care of that whole relationship forever because this guy can't find it in himself to just stop moping. It's going to be a bummer. So, anyway, I gave I gave that take a four. Okay. Uh, execution. Yeah, we just got to find 20 more points. So, let's get into <laughs> execution. Odo is hapless and stuff just happens to him the whole episode. Even in the last scene, he refuses to do a single thing to get what he wants. After Vic spends the whole episode trying to win Kira for him, Kira's own actions cause them to get together. Odo doesn't seem to learn a lesson or change his ways or even just deploy like a one-time emergency gambit to win Kira or anything. It really sucks that I had to watch this whole fucking shitty episode and Odo didn't ever make any leap. No. It means I had a really hard time even figuring out what the episode was about. So it's not great. Also, they haven't slow burned this enough lately. So solving it in one episode feels super rushed. And like, um, I don't know, even accepting that this is how sometimes how things go. Like uh, there's a lot of pining and will they, won't they? And then one incident happens and they're dating like that could happen. But from a narrative standpoint, that's nothing. Why you should have to build it up now because you didn't talk about it for twenty episodes. But that's it. They're lovers. <sighs> it makes me wonder why we spent any time slow burning it six seasons ago or whatever. Anyway, um, so much crooning. My God. Okay, you got the great <clears throat> checks Wikipedia. James Darren. Boy, what a pull! I did. He not was know in who- Gidget. I didn't know who he was on first airing of these episodes. He's got a spoiler alert, guys. He's he was in a bad. second Gidget movie with a different Gidget. <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't know who he was when these first aired. I still don't know who he is. He we was got... friends with Frank Sinatra Jr. <laughs> we got to hear this dope sing for fucking 40 minutes. Ultimately. 
despite my misgivings about the character of Odo and the actor Nana Visitor, or Nana, I think they had the pieces in place to do a competent love story, and they just didn't, man. And if this is the payoff episode, it's not great. So, I gave it a two. So, two for me also, bud. About ten minutes of this one are just lounge singing. And so that's obviously going to be a big factor in how much you enjoy it. But also, how effective you think it is to watch Odo learn to pretend to play the piano and get into this weird fantasy because he needs to learn to have fun. It's brutal. It's brutal watching all that stuff. But also, the idea is fundamentally busted. Mm -hmm. You can't have Odo take advice on romance from a character from a very specific and limited window of time in the culture of a planet that is alien to both Odo and Kira. And so instead they have to be like, oh yeah, this guy isn't just a hologram. He's like kind of a real person and he's very insightful. Yeah. And he can program holograms and shit. Like he's got all kinds of skills. Because otherwise they just have to have a scene where Odo and Kira stand in there and watch the lounge singing and go, this is nothing to me. <laughs> I have no I have no cultural context for 1960s Las Vegas. It means like when we watched it, it was nothing to us. Yeah, it's basically right. Yeah, like, our dad hey, our dad wasn't a big I mean like look, he had some records, but he wasn't like a big rat pack guy. No, exactly. Um then they wrote a plot where for it to work, the hologram has to have pretty sweeping control of station systems uh-huh. and the ability to modify his own program. Mm-hmm. And we have to accept that no one is worried about that at all. No, man. Felix, is a, he's top notch. Really outdid himself with this one. Yeah. Uh, we don't see or even hear about anything that happens on Kira's trip to Bajor, except they stick one weird little turbo lift scene shot way up close where Dax can be like, Oh shit, did you say Kira's spending two more days on Bajor? Poor Odo, but then no one tells Odo, and he doesn't seem worried about that at all. No. And also, it's not like it pays off, it's not like Bashir learns the secret, and then he goes and he says something stupid, puts his foot in his mouth. Like, there's nothing. Nothing happens no. with that scene. Um, plus, it's not like, literally, we- except they'd both already been in the episode. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they already earned their credit. Uh, plus there's the weird scene where Cisco and Odo sort of sing, you can't take that away from me, but they don't commit to it. Like they <laughs> no, both neither very one. much half or one third sing it. <laughs> is that, is that Cisco's only scene in the episode? It might yeah, it's be. his only scene in the episode. Yeah. Odo goes to his office to give him a report, absentmindedly starts singing, you can't take that away from me. Cisco knows that one and joins in a little but, bit. Like you said, they're both just kind of whisper singing. They don't bit. fucking belt it out. It doesn't, isn't, this is not Buffy the crescendo, musical. Yeah, it doesn't right? become a big thing. They're both just like, take that away from Like, what's it's happening? Like, All right. I had to watch that for a minute and a half. What the hell's happening right now? Look, man, this episode sucked eggs. Yeah. It's true. For world building. Uh-huh. Uh, Quark is now hawking the signature drink they made up for the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, the Warp Core. Oh, no. So, that's product placement in a weird way. I didn't notice that. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know that. It's kind of like when he had his Marauder Mo action figures, but I don't remember seeing Marauder Mo in Toys R Us. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that was a real one. Right. 
Um, also, in the future, everyone will still love the stuff TV writers in the 90s have false nostalgia about. Well, that's always how it goes. Yeah. These fuckers think that they got great taste, then people in the future will finally realize it. There is, um, however, nothing about the world of Deep Space Nine in this episode, <laughs> unless you count the famous hollow programmer Felix. I gave it a flat zero. All right, okay, good, good, good. Check this out. I'll, I'll just say I could see a zero, though. It's my last line. So right, give me cool. a zero as well. I said this self-aware program that can sneak into other programs and create other holograms and get in the comm system and all kinds of other possibly dangerous shit, but no one's worried about that, so I don't know if it's world building. And then I said, uh, that's it, I think. Quark serves a weird drink to Bashir. It's in a fishbowl. Could see a zero. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you hadn't read the Wikipedia, or the Memory uh, Alpha, so yes. you didn't know that that was a drink you could buy at the Star Trek bar, at Quark's bar in the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. Yep. Yep. <sighs> all right. Jeez. All right, characterization. Uh, Odo's still bent out of shape about Kira. Thinks he's missing a big chance to get with her, so he's enlisting the help of the hollow crooner. But he never finds the courage to actually try to win Kira. He just gets embarrassed a bunch, mopes, and gives up in the end. Quark is the rational voice in Odo's life, and also his very best friend. Bashir sucks, and watching him talk all Vegasy with Vic Fontaine was horrifying. Kira is no longer seeing Shakar. Something makes her interested in pursuing Odo. Judah thinks it's that he dances with her, maybe. I couldn't tell. She's just suddenly telling Judzia she's had a perfect moment of clarity. Oh, and man. we're supposed to know what that means, yeah. I guess. Um. Uh, anyway, and then she's making out with Odo on the promenade, so it's not great. Uh, Bashir sucks. Everyone else is pulling Little League duty, basically. This is the real weakness of the episode. Why did anybody do anything this week? We'll never know. I gave it a one. Okay, Odo is a sad sack who gets in his own way. And it's been like 30 weeks since he blasted that alien spy. Yeah. So, he's taken to asking Quark and a random hologram what he should do about Kira. <laughs> yep. Um, Kira, by the way, could at any point have brought all of this up with Odo. It's not just him who hasn't been doing anything about it. Oh, sure, but I, I thought we were supposed to think she wasn't interested. I mean, Something changed. Something yeah. changed just this week, and that's what I couldn't tell. She was just like... She went from, I don't care about Odo, to uh, I've had a perfect moment of clarity or whatever. Yeah. So I don't think we saw anything new this week. In fact, let's chalk me up for a one as well. Yeah, it's not good, man. They didn't do it. No, this wasn't it. <laughs> this should be 100% a character uh, episode, and I didn't see any character work done. So. No. You know why? Because this is like... 30% of the episode is just Vic Fontaine. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's like they got Jason Alexander. But guess uh -huh. what? James Darren is no Jason Alexander. There's less Jason Alexander in Think Tank I think uh, it might than be there true. is Vic Fontaine yeah. in this. And Jason Alexander is making acting choices in it. <laughs> He's being creepy and squinty. <laughs> Makes me so upset he didn't join the regular cast. <laughs> he should have um, replaced yeah. <laughs> Fucking Harry Kim or something. <laughs> imagine, imagine everyone's going to look over on the bridge and it's Jason Alexander back there. 
That'd be fucking amazing. Just squinting and saying creepy it'd be shit. A, it'd be a little creep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so it's a 12. The to- and total ends up being 12, which ain't good. Nah, that's not what you want. A five and oh. a seven, eight, how you win the week. No, we're not even that far apart. The one we were farthest apart on was Birthright, which you liked four more than me for some reason. But um, I guess let's finish this one up. Let's do some quick hitters. Number one, who's Felix? Yeah, I don't know, man. I wish I knew. Everyone seems to understand who Felix is. So After this episode. We're the only he, ones who don't. I think he should be in jail. <laughs> Absolutely. There's so many crimes that happen, Vic Fontaine. Uh, Odo and Quark have not been getting along since their uh yeah since their trip to yosemite mm. uh but i guess they're friends again this week huh it's been a while yeah oh, when was yosemite what week was that oh the ascent is the name of that episode Waltz. it has been a bit yeah because yeah, they didn't even hang out during the big uh the big arc did they i don't i mean right at maybe at towards the end but by then odo was betraying everybody the ascent was week 105 dang okay so like literally 37 weeks that was last season yeah um once again there is only one copy of the vic fontaine program <laughs> so bashir can't use it i know if odo is using it that's how it works also when he goes when he goes into the holodeck to talk to Kira when she's meditating, he he has to hurry back so he could be on stage. Because again, these writers yeah. don't know what a computer was <laughs> in the 90s, and they and probably they still don't know what a computer is. Yeah. There's just, hey, there's only one. He has some kind of physical reality. He can only be in one holo suite at a time. Yep, and despite the fact that holograms are not people, and they you should just put them on garbage scows and shit uh i do believe spoiler alert that he is going to get the on all the time treatment that uh that schmollis gets it's all point. fun i'm just so... saying look in this one we see that he, the entirety of the vic fontaine program is on one pretzel rod yep <laughs> in a box with seven other pretzel rods those are all individual why. people that felix made i don't know why Quark couldn't make a copy but then he could just send bashir to hollow suite two yeah, I agree. And I sure, agree maybe with one, this. Maybe when Bashir got in there, if it could be like, huh, because I'm kind of magic, I know that I'm also running in Hollow Sweet <laughs> That's right. That's true. That would fuck him up. Uh, I was having real difficulty paying attention during the musical numbers. I know that I'm supposed to watch Odo learn mm-hmm. to be fun by play. I could not. I didn't. I didn't do it. Matthew, how did the subtitler of this episode Uh-oh. know my Twitch handle? Jazzy Glissando. It's <laughs> a good question. Everything about this episode's uh, just kind of up in your up in your head. We never learn what happened on Bajor. Akira tells Odo she was just there on business to see Shakar. We don't learn why she had to stay two extra days. Do you think it means anything that she's in civilian clothes when she gets back? Yep, she's clearly not in her dumb uniform. I, I Later I thought, oh, I guess that's what she wears when she goes to pray. But we see her pray in her regular uniform all the time. So I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Also, yeah. she usually just prays in her quarters. They had to invent this. And also, there's a temple. They had to invent yeah. this thing where she goes to the holodeck to pray. Well, first I thought temple. she was in the temple, and I yeah, was yeah, very I scared. He it appeared behind her, and I went, how the fuck did he get in there? He shouldn't be in there. Kiri's not supposed to be in there. But then it's like, she's like, get out of my holo program or whatever. And I was like, what? What the fuck? No, actually, I looked at it, and I went, three eggs? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He used, like, 40 eggs. That's a bush. <laughs> By the way, when we rewatched that, Marjan laughed so hard she almost peed when that egg revealed its bush and its yeah. little butthole. What the fuck? Porn? It's an egg. And then, of course, also, we should be allowed to watch a little bit of porn. Um,. Hey, they gotta clean this whole hollow suite out, man. Vic Fontaine yeah. can't just walk in when I'm running my special programs. Yep. I can't have that. Nope. And he's doing the thing that we already know is wrong, which is taking Kira's face and putting oh, yeah. it on holograms. There's a whole episode romance, about how that was wrong. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. And then Vic. she poisoned it by saying, "I don't care if Quirk sees my entire naked body. It's <laughs> that gonna is have my his head. That, that's my slit and my fucking nips." But uh, he's really going to, his head's going to explode when he sees what's on top there. All I care about is my face. <laughs> the thing everybody gets to see for free. <laughs> well, uh, just like Nana Visitor, Kira is very artsy. And so the naked form isn't really that big. Uh, probably, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, when Vic calls Odo, he says, uh, 9 o'clock, 2100 hours. Uh-oh. Um, what a, f- that's a fucked up system, huh? <laughs> that don't make no, we know it's a 26 hour it's day. It's a 26 hour day, so what's happening? Is so it 12 and 14? It's 12, it's 12, okay, it goes for, to 12, and then it goes to, uh, 13 o'clock, and then it cuts over again to, no, I guess maybe it is 14 a.m. It's 12 and 14, 14 a.m. Four, it's 12 a.m., but 14, no, it's 14 a.m., but 12 p.m.? <laughs> God. Yes. It don't make no sense. It's great. I like it a lot. This and by the way, this is the only time that they forgot that it's not a twenty four hour I clock. I know. On usually that's like they the say twenty six hours every time I like know. clockwork. Normally it's like, all right, guys, we get it. It's a twenty six hour day there. But you're right. This time you're like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Um, there's a scene where Odo asks her to dance, and Kira says she doesn't know how to dance to this kind of music. And I wrote. Big missed opportunity for Kira to just start some kind of Bajoran slam dancing, like when Nog did the monster mash at Dax's party. Everyone loved it. Yeah, and I said, that definitely would have been the best thing that happened this week. If she was like, oh, you want to dance? And then she just started fucking, just went crazy with it. <laughs> yeah, she didn't have what, uh, what's his this name? Is, the guy this is how, played Nog had. This is how I dance, and I don't know what's period appropriate for 1960s Las Vegas. That's right. Uh, this is monster, how I do it. That monster dance was really good. Everyone joined it immediately. Everyone was like, yeah, this is the one. Um, and then I just wrote a moment of perfect clarity. Yeah. Yep. That's how it's explained. Well, she was embarrassed to say Odo was kind of cool in that dinner where he thought I was a hologram. <laughs> so she just said that clarity thing instead. I think she didn't want to explain any of it to Dax because she didn't want to hear Dax say, you got parent trapped? <laughs> it's happening a lot this week. Hold on. Did you get parent trapped? You too? Just like talk? 
Sort of. It's <laughs> a lot of paratrapping going around. The, the third one, Lifeline, that hasn't happened yet, but... As the station gossip, I know about all of the paratrapping that's happening around here. Um, I don't know what to say about Best Actor. Quark gives a speech that's okay, although it's a lot of merger talk that it doesn't... Mm, yeah. It feels like Quark should know that's not appropriate conversation. Yeah, that's one of those things him. where it's like, we already know he's the best actor, so it's like, yeah. we can just assume he was doing the best job there, but they didn't really give him anything to do. I mean, James Darren seemed like a lounge guy, but he was just doing an amalgamation of a bunch of people he actually knew. Yeah. Uh, worst actor... Cisco must have left it all on the floor of his quarters in the pale moonlight, huh? Because he didn't have anything in that scene where he sings. Uh, he had to get away from me. But Still recovering me, from his great performance last week. That's an honorable mention, because we've talked about that Dax turbo lift scene twice now. But the mm. thing we haven't mentioned is she was walking up to the turbo lift like she was angry. And I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's true. Just fighting with Worf again. What Probably happened? just had a fight with Worf. That was her actor's secret, is that she got yeah. just got done having a big fight with Worf. Yep, and runs into Julian. And then she, <laughs> and she was going to say, you know Worf sucks, right? But then he had that news about... Uh, <laughs> That's right. Major. Yeah. Uh, did you write down any quick hitters for this trash? Just uh, everyone in this holo program is obsessed with Odo's hands, and I'm guessing that's a particular fetish of Vic Fontaine's. <laughs> Since he appears to have written everyone in the program, it's a good point. It's either that or Felix, but I think it's Vic. They all want to I talk think about Felix his... wrote Vic to be a pervert. Piano hands. That's right. Everyone's like, ooh, show me those fucking hands, though. Mm. Give them to me. Ooh, look at those. They're so beige. Uh. Oh, sorry to go, Manzukas. There. Um. Yeah, that's it. We did it. I mean, that and is without it. having to vamp on the mailbag, uh, I might actually get to go to bed on time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you stay up later than this to play Sea of Thieves. That's right. This is nothing. Uh, yeah, the uh, the scores are in. And they uh, were good scores, right? Everyone did a good job this week? Well, in third place this week with uh, 12 points, it is Deep Space Nine His Way. Uh, Second place this week with 22 points. Birthright Part 2. Not good, but still better than Birthright Part 1. But the winner for the seventh time in 142 weeks is Voyager with Lifeline. (laughs) Episode no one likes. An episode that I probably, when we're looking back and say in uh, twenty weeks and saying, "What was the last time Voyager won?" and then I say, "Lifeline." <laughs> Lifeline? Which, which one was, was that? Lifeline? It's true because honestly, that is not very helpful to figure out which episode that is. Yeah, that's not a, des- a descriptive title at all. <laughs> but it is their seventh win. They are now only fifty-one wins out of the lead. Yeah, and with uh, uh, thirty. Four weeks to go. They got a great chance. Great. They got real opportunity here. <laughs> oh, sorry for them. It's only 26. Yeah, they got 26 left, so don't. Still, though, everything's 50-50. They got a shot. Um, listen, they, if they win, they don't even have to win half of the remaining weeks to get more wins than TNG. Of course, TNG only had 79 weeks, so. Oh, you mean uh, TOS? I mean TOS shit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, no, that's true. They could pass TOS in total, 
yeah. uh, wins. But before they do that, they have to pass Enterprise. Enterprise so. in total wins. And I'm still not sure they will. It's it's yeah. unclear. I mean, um, when was the last... Look. <clears throat> when was the last Voyager scored even 30 points? Oh, that's a good question. Let's look. Even 30. I'm not asking for a lot. 28 with Fairhaven, surprisingly. Man. Oh my god, it's been so long since they've even scored 30. It's week 98. 20, something Warhead. Something called Once Upon a Time. Is that... Is that I don't remember. Is that where we meet Flotter T. Otter? I, it could be. And there, there's some deep psychological stuff that got him a five and a six on take. I don't know. Were we just impressed by how haunted Neelix is? <laughs> Maybe that was it. But that was the last time, man. That's bad. Because that's yeah, 44 I mean, that's, weeks ago. That's exactly what it was. Basically the last appearance of Samantha Wadman in the present timeline. <laughs> Not popping off in this episode of fucking taking place years in the past so that we are even more sure she's dead in the present. Yep. Um, yeah, so 44 weeks ago was the last time they even scored as many as 30. 30! Yeah. I mean, we get a 30 or better every few weeks. But it, you're right. It's been a long time since it was a Voyager that notched it. Crazy. Well... Next week, we've got some exciting stuff happening. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at these. These are very good ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. For the next generation, I get to describe Star Trek's Die Hard, Starship Mine. <laughs> I mean, TNG's Die Hard, at least. It was only a matter of time before TNG had one. And uh, look, man. I mean, Enterprise did 15 Die Hards, so. We'll, see, we'll see how TNG uh, executes on this. We'll see how distracted we are by Tim Russ. <laughs> how see how many theories we can come up with as to what Tuvok did to his ears so that no one would know is this part of his um, spy work that he's doing we'll find yeah, out was this spy training for him before he did his big uh, undercover mission let's see he gets got by a crossbow so he's gotta he's gonna have to think about things for a while the uh, Deep Space Nine episode is called The Reckoning it's a Kai Win episode oh alright well, hey. Okay. The uh, discovery of a 30,000-year-old oh. tablet. Oh, no. There's a paw wraith in it. Uh, buried under the holy city of Bahala announces oh. the reckoning, the time Let's... when the future of Bajor will be decided. That's the one where Jake gets inhabited by a paw wraith. Oh, yeah, damn it. Definitely the image here does have... Someone, maybe Kira, with a blue beam coming out of her, and ah, someone, yeah. maybe Jake, with a red beam coming out of him. Ah, damn it. Meeting in the middle. Ah, oh, man. I was like, oh, Kai Win, this will be fun. I forgot the show's already busted. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> show's trash, dude. Yeah. It's trash fuck. now. And for Voyager, we're going to get to talk about, and I will get to describe, <laughs> The Haunting of Deck 12. So excited for you. I guess I'll look up what that's going to be about because I have never seen it, but I'm guessing deck 12, deck 12 haunted. probably has haunted in a big way. I hope in the uh, end they shrug their shoulders when they have to figure out whether it's really haunted. Oh no, this sounds even worse. Oh uh, no. While the USS Voyager is without power for several hours, Neelix tells the children a <gasps> ghost story of the events that led up no, to it. Or is it that's... more than just a story? But that's, but that's a story, but that's yeah. a, Oh man! So, so what? There seems like there's going to be a framing device of Neelix and the, probably the Borg buddies and, uh, and Neil uh, Wildman sitting and around Neo. a candle. 
Oh, man. Well, and then we're going to do some flashbacks that maybe did or didn't happen, and who knows if we'll know at the end whether whether it's hey, true. So. That is a candidate for a truly dark red score. <laughs> I mean, for sure. <laughs> you could definitely see single, a single-digit total with that that's, description. That's that's not good at all. Shit, is Starship Mine going to win? Shit. Oh, no. What could the well, take I, of I Starship Mine be? Listen, the paw race is world building. The only question is, do we hate it? I mean, I I feel pretty confident I'm going to hate it. I mean, I'm, for sure the take of Starship Mine is, call me Hutch. It's the take, never forget your saddle? I don't yeah, understand. Oh, this is going to be bad. I guess the take is get, probably get to know your junior officer's lives so well off screen. That you know how to make a bomb out of their little ceremonial yes. bowl. So you can go into the fucking all of their quarters and use them for home alone shit. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that oh, could man. be it. It's looking like it's going to be a week, huh? I hope I find out that it's not Die Hard and it is Home Alone. That would be great. Picard's Listen, Home Alone, man. We are deep in filler season. The week <laughs> after I guess. is the last episode of Voyager Season 6, Unimatrix Zero Part 1. Yeah. Um... Uh, the, I don't know. We get to chase the week after that, but yeah, until, yeah, until we actually get to, uh, (sighs) looks like maybe this season of Deep Space Nine doesn't end with a part one, part two cliffhanger. So, uh, yeah, no, probably Tears of the Prophets, I believe is the finale. That would make sense. So, so that's in week 148 and Descent is week 151. So we're coming up at the end of season six on all of these. We're in deep filler season next week. Doesn't look good. No, again, even the week after that, when Voyager begins its uh, finale, you still got Lessons. What? And uh, Valiant, where they chant Red Squad over and over again. So ah, that, That's going to be great. That's going to be a good time. All right. <clears throat> well. But look, uh, maybe we don't have to do mailbags anymore. So I think I'm done with them. So that's great. And again, I'm enjoying the new short format. Um. I didn't write down any cool Klingon phrases to say at the end of this episode, so I'll just say Jalajnesh, and then uh, as you believe, so shall you do, so shall you do, as As you you believe, believe, so so shall shall you do. do. Andy Dick didn't do any better nah. and then he made a Mark 3 and guess what there's even a Mark 4 so I don't know who Mark 3 was Polly Shore <laughs> who do you think it would have been but... yeah that's a good guess <laughs> well, the Mark 3 was constantly wheezing the juice so yep. please subscribe